warning. Pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cock thistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest, if you tuck in your t-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy. Episode 414. There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids It's, it's a trap Gonna toss it, gonna take it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carry over Counterculture pushover Pop culture Leftovers Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lion-O, command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion-O on Thundercast, and you're listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats, ho! Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And And we're the Leftovers. Yeah, Jake, man, this is the episode where I fake enthusiasm. (laughs) This is the only one, huh? First time. First time, Jake. Every other episode, 100% authentic. This episode is 100% fabricated. (laughs) <laughs> trust no one none of this is real i am dying on the inside but what you're hearing right now is just me just woohoo man let's i'm ready to do this <laughs> i'm right there with you yeah man i'm dying a little bit every second we all are i'm closer to death than i was five seconds ago jake at this moment it just it's a it's just it's just a it's a train of death and it is just chugging along, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm excited. How can you not? <laughs> oh man. Woohoo. Oh anyway. We've got guests this week, Jake. <laughs> yeah, join us on the train. Yeah, join us on the the train of despair. But I'm excited, Jake. I'm excited for this week. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you slipped for just a second there. I know, I know, I almost broke down. Oh man, we've got we've got shift in Tristan Brown back on the podcast. Hello, this is real enthusiasm. Yeah, that is that is genuine enthusiasm, people. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent real. <laughs> Hundred percent real, uh, and we are also joined by uh, Chris Lowe from uh, from our favorite band, the band Volk. Welcome back, Chris. Howdy, motherfuckers, dude. Howdy, motherfuckers, to you. You know, um, <laughs> do you, do you have? Do you, is that how you? Is so when people come out to see you for your show, is that is that how you get their attention? Howdy, motherfuckers. Um. I guess I do get kind of nervous on stage sometimes, and for some reason, when I get nervous, I do start cussing a lot. Yeah. Um, and berating people. So, yeah. 
<laughs> if that were Jake, that that means I'm nervous all the time. <laughs> that's what that is. Okay. Yeah. That's what that is. It's all it's all nervousness, Jake. That's yeah. that's exactly what it is. Do you have any up, uh, upcoming uh, upcoming shows you want to plug? Chris. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um Well save it for another time. We've got a show right. to do ourselves. I'm kidding, Chris. I got I gotta stop start talking about Dave Grohl, so we're not gonna go talk about that. No, we could talk we could talk what what do you got? What do you got to plug? Uh so uh the cool one coming up is we got some official South by dates coming up in a couple of weeks in Austin, Texas, uh at the end of or middle of March. And then after that we have a really cool five week run with the band Electric Six starting a late April seventh. Uh, and we're going to start in the Midwest in uh, Illinois and then make our way all the way across the West Coast and then up into Canada. So, yeah, come check us out. We have a good time. If, Neil came to the show. He really liked it. There you go. Neil Neil went to a show. Okay, so if people want to see you, mm-hmm. where can they go? Where can they go to find tour dates? Uh, LiveVolk.com uh, is kind of the epicenter, but you can go on. We're on all the socials. I think, um, uh, and you can just search like live Volk or Volk underscore band, I think is the one for Instagram. Um, and you can find us there. I just, and, uh, I just went to the Instagram. It says, howdy motherfuckers. Were you nervous when you wrote that? <laughs> <laughs> I was, that was actually, your tagline, that was actually your tagline should be Neil came to a show and he liked it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was actually, you know, like we did get. For the last year, we did get a really cool PCL bump. We had a, like a, a good group of people who watched or listened to the show and actually came out and saw us. That's like, awesome. Neil and some really nice young ladies in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, came to a couple of shows. A uh, lady, I can't remember everybody's names, but uh, a lady in Kansas City came. Uh, but yeah, so looking for that strong Peace Corps or the PCL bump. Very cool. Very cool. PCL, Peace Corps, Tomato, Tomato. <laughs> exactly. Freudian slip. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, next week is the Batman. Dope. Yeah. Exciting. Next week we're doing our Batman review, Jake. Uh, I'm thinking, from what I'm hearing, I'm hearing it's pretty good. Yeah, oh, man, it seems like the buzz yeah. is good, so I, I'm excited. I, I don't want it to be bad. It's like almost three hours long, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting a good. I saw someone that said, like, this is going to be the definitive Batman movie, and that's very promising. Yeah, it's like, it's well, it's one of those things, like, uh, is it just shiny new toy, or is, like, is yeah. this the real deal? So, we're, I mean, it's going to be, for me, I want to, I don't know what you guys want from the movie. I want, there's two things that I want from the movie. I want it to be a I want a detective Batman in this one. Yes. And then number two is I want Robert Pattinson to be both an excellent Bruce Wayne and a phenomenal Batman. I just want yeah. those two. I want it to be because, like, I feel like with all the other Batman that we've had in the past, there's always been questions about, you know, um, Performances like one of the personas, you know, yeah. and so agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Keaton's uh, Bruce Wayne, um, and I like his Batman, but I I do think. And then on the flip side, I think Bale was a better Batman than he was a Bruce Wayne. He had moments as Bruce Wayne. Don't get me wrong, but I think overall, yeah. you know, I think I think Keaton 
uh, is the better uh, Bruce Wayne. So I don't know, man. I just really would like. Um, I don't. I want. I want him to be like the definitive Batman going forward, yeah. and then keep him out of the DCU. I'm totally happy with that. Oh, oh please, yeah. please don't muck it up. Please. I would I would just want to see a Batman that's the smartest guy in the room, you know, as opposed to just being physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that Batman that like, you know, the Justice League are just finding out that he he's the one that's, you know, gone behind their back and found out all their weaknesses and they know the like like ways to take them out if he ever had to. Like this is how I'm yeah. going to, you know, like that Batman. Even though we're not going to see like Superman or Wonder Woman show up in this universe. Yeah, but I I, I agree with you. I'm going to be the smartest guy in the fucking room. Absolutely. That's how I feel about like I'm very re- invested in the vi- Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, that's how I feel about, like, Reed Richards in the Marvel Universe. You know, it's the same kind of thing. So. Yeah. Totally. I'm really invested in the villains, too. Like, I really hope they nail both Riddler and Penguin and, and give them some scare. Give them some smarts. Dude, 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 dude. Paul Dano? I think the guy yeah. has got the talent to do it. I really do. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the of the design of the character. I've seen it. It's been pretty polarizing, mm-hmm. but... But I like it. I think people are silly if they expected the, uh, you know, glittery question mark shirts. I mean, I think we all, I think at the end of the day, we all kind of accepted, uh, you know, uh, Tom Hardy's Bane, even though it was like different than what we, you know, got in the comics. So completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for the Batman. We're, uh, Jake and I, we're going, uh, to see it together, uh, for the IMAX fan event on Tuesday. I'm gonna, yeah. I got tickets for that too. So yeah, I'm gonna see it on Tuesday and Thursday. I'm seeing it on Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday is the AMC Investors screening. Oh shit. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. I hope we get some cool swag for the uh, fan event. I hope we do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm probably gonna go um, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, I think is my plan. Yeah. I'm probably gonna go. <laughs> if it's good, I will go. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good call. If I love it three times, if I if I don't love it twice at minimum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might see it four. It just depends. It depends on how oh, yeah. good the movie is. Um, Chris, yeah, you looking forward to it? Oh hell yeah! And like the way you just described it, it's like yes, that's exactly what I've been pining for in a Batman film. It's like it needs to be like a detective story and. You know, the equal parts, Bruce Wayne is good, and Batman is, as you said, phenomenal. Like, I was thinking, yeah. like, yeah, that's, like, I love Christian Bales, but he was, like, when he is, he can almost tell that he's not even caring about the Wayne part, almost. There's moments, there's moments. There's moments. Yeah, but but there's too far and few between, so, yeah. Who's, who's the voice actor I feel- that does? Um, Kevin the, Conroy? Um, yeah, he might have done the best job of, like, you really believe him as... Kind of this like yeah. crazy playboy, but then like he is you know at least with voice like he's that the Batman. Yeah, it's just I it's just live action, man. This is what yeah. I this is totally. what this is what I want. Um, what were you gonna say, Jake? I feel like I feel like Christian Bale's performance. Like I agree that it's not the greatest Bruce Wayne, but I think a little of that falls in Nolan's writing and kind of the, mm-hmm. the thematics that he did. I, I think he on purpose made Bruce Wayne not seem like a very good human. That was like part of the character it felt like in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Like he was just so focused on being Batman and what he needed to do as Batman that he was just bad at being a regular human. Yeah. 
I like yeah. there's the one part where and I've talked about it before on many episodes, but I love the part where he's like in the fucking hotel and doesn't he get in the fountain with the girls or something like that? Yeah. And like oh, right. then then he you know, they're like, You can't do that and he he basically says that he just bought the hotel or something and it's just like i I was like i kind of love that kind of like because he's playing that playboy in that moment and like really not letting people know that he is you know out there (laughs) fighting crime as as this vigilante batman so that's his mask yeah oh 100 percent yeah yeah uh, I got I got two things. I got interesting or weird. Uh, I got two things for you guys. One thing is interesting. One's weird. What do you want first? Do you want interesting or weird? I want weird first. Mm, we're going weird. All right. I guess we're going weird. Here's a true story. This one comes from Atlanta, Georgia. A woman in Atlanta says she has quit her job in order to pump enough breast milk to feed her bodybuilding boyfriend every two hours. What? <laughs> I hope he's paying her. No. According to the Sun, Jennifer Mulford left her job as a bartender so she could produce enough milk for her boyfriend Brad Leeson full time. Mulford said she was single when she found a website about adult breastfeeding relationships. Quote I have always enjoyed my breasts being touched during sex more than anything else, so I knew I would enjoy it, she told the son. I use dating sites, put messages on ABR forums, and even put an advert on Craigslist, but I drew a blank. I started to think I'd never get to try adult breastfeeding. Eventually, she started talking with Lisa, Leeson, a former school boyfriend. Quote, I thought it was perfect time to bring up adult breastfeeding and see if he'd be interested. Uh, Mulford, 36 <laughs> The perfect time. I would love to see like this episode of Love Connection and just Chuck Woolery's face like like <laughs> I mean it sounds like a connection. Guys, we Chuck's will gotta be happy. We will not be back in two and two. We are we are ending this episode. Yeah, we are canceled. Oh man. Uh, it sounds like one of those episodes of what's that show like called like World Strangest Addictions? Oh yeah, yeah. Like for the people who are addicted to giving themselves coffee dysentery. Oh, the coffee enemas were amazing. Coffee enemas, yeah. Yeah. Coffee dysentery. There you go. Coffee dysentery. <laughs> that's fucked up. That, that's a whole other fucking. That's, that's another thing. Yeah. That's on the new version of Oregon Trail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jake, would, Jake, would you, would you, would you drink breast milk? Uh, not preferably. Like, if we're talking, here's a bunch of money to drink some breast milk, then, then sure, I'll do it on a dare or a, or a challenge. You do it on a dare? I dare you to drink this breast milk. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like Marty yeah, nobody calls me chicken. <laughs> Give me that breast milk. <laughs> I double dog dare you, Jake. <laughs> Jake fucking takes a swig of it and slams it down like a shot. <laughs> and he wipes the fucking milk mustache off. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know <laughs> enough about anatomy. I, I thought you had to be pregnant to produce the milk or like. Oh, you... OK. I think like I think just the suction apps. Yeah. Um, just the suction like I, I think induces it somehow. Like even like, even after yeah. a woman's like, well, like if a woman gets pregnant, she can still fucking. um you can you can pump your breast and like she had given birth to her daughter she said 20 years ago but she fucking what did she say here she 
she had to dry breastfeed. Wait. Oh, she had to dry breastfeed him every two hours and use a breast pump to fool her body into lactating. Hmm. Well, okay. Nature's so you have back. to be pregnant at least once to be able to do it? I, Jake, I do not know. Okay. I am not a, I am not a, I'm like, I consider myself a titty expert in certain ways, but like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never had that problem with any suction issues. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I've never sucked on one and then been leaked on. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, it's like a seltzer <laughs> bottle in my face or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I may have had some silicone spray in my face. <laughs> I mean, I think I mean they do have to impregnate a cow to for to get the milk. That's like one like argument against drinking milk, I guess things like that is that they impregnate the cow and then take away the baby. Oh man. Downer, Thank you for lightening downer. up the subject here. Uh <laughs> I guess that was the interesting thing. <laughs> uh, well, that was a fail. Wow. That was a fail. Wow, Chris. Howdy, motherfuckers. Uh, <laughs> let's, Let me brighten up your day. Uh, Chris, Chris is now going to move on to Auschwitz. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, uh, the interesting thing is... How many socks? Guess how many socks the average person loses in their lifetime. Average person. Mm, man. A whole life. I'm going to say 70. I'm going to say like 20. Dude, I'm going like 1,000. Uh, lost so many to my laundromat. If this was Price is Right, you lose, Chris. But it's not. Yeah. And so I'm going to say you're the winner here because the answer is actually 750. Whoa, Jesus. Okay, this also Mm -hmm. has to do with, like, it has to vary, right, based upon your washing and laundry techniques, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to travel to a laundromat or or go down the hall or some shit. I'm sure that's going to be a much higher number. I don't know why I'm making this shit scientific, but, yeah. I tell you one thing, man. I fucking lose socks all the time. I lose socks all the time. I thought they get eaten by the laundromat or something like that, or the laundry machine or something like that. I don't know. They're they're impregnating cows with your socks. They're impregnating, yeah. <laughs> All right, that was weird. All right, let's go over let's go over uh, last week's contest winners, and uh, this is going to be really easy because uh, we didn't have enough people enter uh, one of the contests, and everyone that entered uh, these contests won this week. So the winners for. Uh, Gwendy's final task, the Stephen King audiobook, are going to be Anthony Plouffe, Stephen Jenkins, uh, Rob Forrest, Alfredo Tostado, and Nicholas Santones. You guys are the winners. And then the winners for the Run and Gun movie, uh, Richard Kind in that movie, uh, Chris Hohola, Stephen Jenkins, Rob Forrest, Nicholas Santones, and I will just be giving out the final digital code to a random army member. I'm going to do an army member spotlight, and I'm going to give it to Larry Mayday. How about that there, Jake? Nice. I love it. Yeah, give it to Larry. Uh, those are the winners. That's the song. That's the ending win. <laughs> that's the winner song. <laughs> that's the winner song. Yes, Jake. I have zero talent. All right. Uh, oh. I want to congratulate one of the leftover army. Uh, I want to congratulate uh, Mr. Michael Winkler. He's having twins. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. 
Amazing. So congratulations, uh, Mr. Winkler. Uh, who's typing over there? Yeah, I was getting ready. Is it Angela Lansbury it trying to me. solve her fucking I'm mystery? I'm a note. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if Angela Lansbury was or Doogie Howser was at the end of the episode. I didn't know what was going on. Next, I'm writing my next murder mystery. I, well, save it. Save it for so save it for when you're not podcasting. Sorry. Um, noise picks up on a microphone, Chris. Oh yeah, the typing is bad too. I listen to a podcast where the host is constantly typing, and oh, I'm no. always like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. And now I got it. Now I got to fucking listen to this iTunes review, Chris. Too much. <laughs> I'll write, I'll, I'll too much typing. Phone. Too much typing. Don't write it right now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, there's this thing called the mute button I can use. Yeah, yeah, and then you. Oh, can... That'll come back to bite you later, though. Watch. Yeah, because uh, then I'll be like Chris, and then you'll you're. What like, do you think, Chris? Yeah, like and then nothing. Not, and you're no, you're, he's talking though, Jake. He's he's yammering on. He's talking about impregnating cows or whatever the fuck, and then and then, and then we're not we're not hearing him. Uh, I'm fucking with you, Chris. Guys, this is all in fun. It's all in fun. I took everything personally. Don't worry. All right. I uh, also want to thank uh, – we got a donation this week, Jake, from uh, Ralph E. Manning. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ralph. So thank you, Ralph, for that. And I – guys, we're going to get to the content. We're going to get to it. Settle down. It t- I wanted to hear about this, and then they talked about fucking impregnating cows and this woman breastfeeding her boyfriend and – I got a gift from Kay Hottie from New Zealand, so she sent it last year, and I finally got it. So, if that tells you anything, what did Kay send me? See, you can see that noise that you heard there. That it's like interactive noise. Yeah, it enhanced the podcast. It enhanced the podcast, Chris. It didn't detract from the podcast. People knew I was opening a package. Nobody knew that you were just this mystery typist. <laughs> <laughs> they just heard they just heard this they heard this fucking noise and they're like what is going on it's a mystery it's a mystery <laughs> she sent me something and i dropped one of them oh she sent me a uh she sent me a pin oh thank you so much she knew that the chris pratt amazon movie that i love the tomorrow war uh she worked on that movie and oh my god she's got a fucking i don't oh. know if this this might be an exclusive pin that was just given out to cast and crew. I don't know, but this is fucking dope. It's the, uh, it's, uh, it says the Tomorrow War at the top. Um, this is just on the card. And then underneath it says Weta Digital. And it's got the alien head as a pin. I'm putting this on my backpack. Thank you so much. That is fucking dope. And one of the things I dropped on the floor and I'll find it later. Um, mm. she sent me a shirt. What is this? Mm. The tomorrow it's a tomorrow war shirt. Oh my god. Thank you so much. In a medium. That's awesome. Medium. Thank you. It's a it's a nice shirt. I'm going to be wearing this out, man. This is a nice shirt. Thank you so much, Kay. Oh, I love that movie. One of my favorite movies of last year. I loved it. It was good. It's it just dumb fun. Yeah. Um, we're getting a sequel to that, aren't we? I think so. It's like I'm really worried about the sequel because I just felt like that story ended so well, but if they got more stories, I'll take them because I loved it. Hmm. 
Are we in a lull? What's going on, gentlemen? Everybody okay? <laughs> I, I didn't see the movie. That's fine. That's fine. Everybody else could have, I don't know, somebody else could have just chimed in there. It was a little weird. Did I leave you in a bad... talk at the same time when it's... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's either it's either everybody talking over one another or nobody saying jack shit. No talking at all. Exactly. One extreme or the other. We get fucked either way, don't we? Or Chris <laughs> is over there typing his memoirs. Well, you know what I yep. mean? <laughs> so... February... What is today? <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. I was on a podcast. Brian was yelling at me. <laughs> oh, she, she sent me She's another really nervous. She sent me another pen. Hold on, I'll be right back. I found it. Yeah, you better get that thing. It'll be a cat toy, real quick. Ooh, she sent me a Black Widow pen. Oh, that's sweet. It's very cool. It says "What a Digital" at the bottom of this card too. But man, it's the Black Widow symbol. Oh, that's cool. I'm putting both of those in my backpack. That's a fucking. That's a dope. Thank you, Kay. Oh, I love that. Um, let's see here. Are you gentlemen ready to jump into this week's Good Pop, Bad Pop? Yeah, let's oh, yeah. dive in. Yeah. All right, here we go. Howdy, motherfucker. Chris. Sorry. You're talking, Chris. <laughs> 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 I'll get my whistle playing. Yeah. <laughs> 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 For more leftover reviews with Good Pop, Bad Pop. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things of the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things, and if this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, real quick. First thing I wanted to let people know, and I let people know on Facebook, but I, I finally finished uh, Masters of the Universe on Netflix. Uh, I'd watched four episodes, and then, you know, with uh, podcasting and watching all this other shit, I just didn't get back to it. But I did finish it. And uh, I am going to give the this first season, hopefully we get more, I am going to give it a Tupperware. I do have one gripe, though, at the end of the day, though. It is, I, I do want more He-Man in the next season if we do get another one. I felt like it was, I felt like, I felt like they used him sparingly. And I don't know if it was like a choice of like, you know, he's so overpowered. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, how do we find interesting ways to make a Superman story, you know, because he's so OP, mm-hmm. you know, when you got such an OP character, it's like, what do you do? So maybe that was what they were kind of doing here. I do like that they fleshed out some of the other characters like Man at Arms and Evil Lynn and Tila and stuff like that. I did enjoy that. I love their backstories. Um, I would like to see more He-Man though. In the next season, because man, it was like every moment when He-Man showed up, it was like a fist pumping moment. And I felt like, did they do that? Did they use him sparingly because he's so OP? I don't know, but I, I did. Did anybody else finish the, that Masters of the Universe on Netflix? Yeah. I watched one episode of the second half and haven't gone back to it. Yeah, you need to get back to it, man. Just finish. It's, it's, they're like 25 minutes each. I, yeah, I have four more episodes. I, it's just one of those things I kind of forgot about with everything else. Chris, you watched it? Yeah, yeah, I, I binged it. Yeah. Um, I would give it a 
I guess like a solid taste it. Like I like the anim- animation. Um, and like as you said, with when He Man's there, it's really cool. I don't know. Some of the twists, I was just like, kind of just felt like it just did that to continue the story. I don't know. It, it was fine. I, I liked it a lot. I, I, I mean, compared to like the cartoons we had when we were kids, oh, yeah. I love those. Those are like when I was a fucking yeah. six, seven year old watching those. Those are all Tupperwares. But now that I'm an adult and I try to watch them, it just doesn't hold up. <laughs> they don't hold up. But they I don't. Appreciated. It's like it's like it's ri- like it was going further of like giving the characters more depth. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I love the the ending with like the little cliffhanger. So it's like we better get mm-hmm. a fucking second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin needs to don't worry about the fucking haters, man. Just fucking just keep on doing what you're doing, man. Because he, I think he did a great job. Um, I got he he over here wanting to knock into the mic right now. <laughs> I uh, love that comic books story thing that he did. I found that through you guys. I love that. Um, what was that called? The it's like little 15 minute shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was on uh, was the awesome. Roku channel. Yeah. Yeah. Can't remember. The name. Oh, that was really good. What was it? Uh, Heroes and Villains? I can't remember. Something like that. Uh, yeah, I was so. It, it was about the war between Marvel and DC. Yeah. yeah. The title had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Like Perfect Rivals or something like that. Or... Yeah, yeah. Perfect Our, Strangers. Arch Rivals. <laughs> Arch Rivals. Yes. Our Tribals, really the good. basketball game that. from the 90s that we played in the Arch arcade. Tribals. <laughs> Is that Arch what the arcade yeah. said? Arch Rivals. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could, like, beat people's asses and stuff. Oh, I loved that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that another Midway game? I think it was a Midway ripoff. I, I don't think – I think it might have been Data East. It might have been Data East. I'm looking it up now. Or was it? Or was it Data West? <laughs> that was the ripoff of Data East. <laughs> I looked up Arch Rivals and I got Arch Rivals Tattoo Parlor. What the hell? Look up Arch Rivals Arcade Game. <laughs> Be more specific. <laughs> oh, it, it, it was Midway. It was one of the first games developed by uh, Rare. Okay. Yeah. Eighty-nine. Uh, Okay, yeah, fucking arch rivals. I, I, I bet they talk about that in that insert coin document uh, documentary. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember bringing. The, I don't remember them bringing that one up. They might have just brought it up for a split second. I, they also made a fucking. Do you remember that hockey game they made? You could fight in that one. It was fucking awesome. Was it Blades of Steel? I don't think it was Blades of Steel. But it, it may have been. Yeah, it, you get, uh, they'd sometimes throw an octopus out on the fucking ice. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do that in real life, right? That's a Detroit thing. Yeah, they did it in this game. It was a lot of, I don't know, it was really fun. Uh, Jake, did you watch Uncharted? I did. Yeah, what'd you think about uh, Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Uncharted? I thought it was okay. I, I thought it was a serviceable movie. Um as far as like, you know, the Indiana Jones, mummy, Goonies type solving a mystery thing goes, I thought it was a little bit weak in that element. Like the how he figured out the mystery, you could see just a mile away. You were almost punching yourself in the head, hoping Tom Holland's character would just hurry up and figure it out. It was so obvious to me. But I thought some of the action set pieces were really fun. Um I especially enjoyed the uh, last third of the movie with the uh, helicopter action set piece. I thought that was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I didn't I didn't think Tom Holland was the most charismatic in this movie at all. Um, Mark Wahlberg was Mark Wahlberg. I mean, he, he didn't hurt the movie in any way, but he didn't really enhance it much either. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted it to have a little bit more interesting twists and turns. There was never a moment like in those other movies I mentioned where I'm just like awestruck at them discovering or figuring something out. I thought all of those elements were kind of weak, but the good action made up for it. I, I give it a solid taste. It like on the number scale, it's like a five and a half out of 10. I didn't hate it. There's worse yeah. ways to spend your time, but it, I, I wanted a little bit better. I, I liked it a little bit more than you. I thought Tom Holland was fun. I actually like, I thought Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland had good chemistry and, um, the action was fun. Uh, I mean, I, I'm gonna give it a high taste. It. I, I like this one just for like a stupid, fun action movie, man. I kind of loved it and I love the way, I love the way the movie started. It starts like most trailers now where they give you like a clip of the movie and, <laughs> <laughs> to like tantalize you to get to watch the rest of the trailer. They did that in this movie. Like they start off like with this amazing action piece, the uh, set piece. Um, you know, it's the scene where he's like jumping on the cargo as it's, com- uh, you know, flying out of that cargo plane, hanging off that cargo plane. And then, then we go into the actual movie and I was like, what the fuck? Okay. All right. Here we go. I had a lot of fun. I just thought it was fun. So I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I'll give it a high taste. It. I thought. I thought Tom Holland. Some. You know. I. I just thought he was being Tom Holland. He was. He was. You know. Just doing his. It was basically like Peter Parker in this universe. So. Yeah, I felt that too. Like it kind of took away from some of the danger, right? On that, like, you know, the luggage scene that they showed in all the trailers. I'm like, well, Spider Man's going to have no problem with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like webbing, it. bro. I like this quite a bit. Stay stuck to it. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, one of the shows uh, that I wanted you guys to watch this week. Uh, From it's a new series on Epics, and they drop three episodes. New episodes dropping on Sundays. Uh, From unravels the mystery of a nightmarish town in Middle America that traps all of those who enter. As the unwilling residents fight to keep a sense of normalcy and search for a way out, they must also survive the threats of the surrounding forest, including the terrifying creatures that come out when the sun goes down. It's from a science fiction horror, it's a science fiction horror television series created and written by John Griffin and executive produced by Joe and Anthony Russo. And, um, stars a bunch of people I've never really seen before in anything, but, um, I mean, this starts off with, uh, I believe it starts off with like a, a family and they're, and they're in an RV and they're driving, uh, to a destination, I think. And, uh, they, they, they take this road and there's a tree in the middle of the road. So they have to turn around and then they enter this really small town and all the people in the town are just really, it just looks odd. Everything looks, backwards and all these it's just it's everybody staring at them and and uh from there we basically find out that the whole premise of the show is that these people that live in this town there is a darkness and evil that visits them at night and in order to protect your home you have to hang a 
a rock that is a talisman. It's got symbols on it and you hang this rock from your window and, um, that keeps these, the dark forces, the evil monsters from going and uh, entering your home and killing you. And actually, I forgot about that. At the beginning of the episode, it's actually we see one of the families in the town attacked, um, a mother and a daughter. And I don't know. I, I, I fucking like, I love this show. It's an absolute Tupperware for me. It's just the fact that like once this town somehow like, once you see this tree in the middle of the road and you get lost and you and and you keep going back to this town so no matter how hard you try to leave this town there's only one road and it always leads back to the town and if you don't get inside by sun uh, by uh you know sundown and the sun's down and it's dark these monsters and it's actually it's it's people that they look like people, but they're like spirits or something. I, I, it's not zombies. It's nothing like that. It's like some kind of like supernatural evil and they'll try to trick you and have you. And, and, and I, I think they said kids are more susceptible to them. So kids sometimes mm-hmm. let them into the house. And so you have to watch your kids. People nail their window shut. The only thing that protects you is this talisman. And if you don't have that hanging up, they can enter your home. And I'm, I'm just, I was, I was just blown away by this show. I watched all three episodes and, um, I fucking, I Tupperware this. I think it is fantastic. Tristan, what did you think? It was a pleasant surprise. Um, you know, I really liked, um, the opening, um, reminded me a lot of, uh, like Salem's Lot or something like that. It's very, uh, very Stephen King-ish. Um, it was definitely a, a pleasant surprise given how, uh, you know the the world that it was setting up, the the mystery, the 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 scares, the way it was shot. I thought the cast was pretty solid as well. Um, it sounded a little too familiar, um, just you know people being stuck in a town that they can't leave, and things coming out at night. I mean, it's not necessarily a, an original concept, but overall, I watched the first um, three episodes, and I was you know I definitely want to continue and see what happens. So I got a high tasted right now. I tasted. Okay. Uh, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, this is a absolute Tupperware for me. I watched all three episodes as well. A fourth episode actually debuted on Friday, but I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh um, shit. I didn't know. I thought that they fucking dropped on Sundays. Yeah, it came out on Friday. Um, a lot of uh, the stuff we watched for this episode came out on Friday, so I'll probably watch it either tomorrow or Monday. But yeah, I, I can't wait. I love this. It was directed by Jack Bender. I believe he directed all three episodes of this. He might direct every episode of this. And uh, he was my favorite director in the uh, Lost television series. And uh, in fact, the only guy I recognize in this show is Harold Perrineau, who was one of the main characters on Lost. Um yeah, I love this. I thought right from the opening, it did a good job of like ratcheting up the tension and the stakes. So when later on in the episode, when night falls, like I really did feel the fear for these characters. Like even though it looks like a short distance, they have to run to get inside of a house. You're just like, oh my gosh, these things can show up at any moment. And just seeing like the remains of what they left behind yeah. in that very first mm-hmm. opening shot. Like, obviously, when they get a kill, it happens very, very fast and very, very sudden. And mm-hmm. so I thought it just really worked on that level. I thought the music really uh, 
helped enhance it as well. Very suspenseful music. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to know what's going on. It feels like that maybe they can shapeshift. Maybe there's some kind of demons. Maybe they can tap into things and people you know. It's very interesting what's going on here. Like, are the demons connected to the fact that the town won't let people leave? Is that all one big, like, thing that's happening? I I'm very intrigued. Um, it's, it's a Tupperware for now, but it's one of those shows where, like, it's scary. Like, any given revelation could make the show a big, giant piece of crap. So I really hope they uh, they keep the momentum going and whatever reveals they give us are, are good reveals. And, and I hope they come quickly, too. I don't want them to, like, string everything along for five plus seasons like mm. i would love this to be just a one season one and done with some, some resolution at the end so I, i'm definitely excited to watch more though i'm three episodes in and it's a tupperware it was one of the uh, big surprises of this year so far i wouldn't be surprised if if epics keeps this going i i think that they want like a hit series you know they want it to be a destination for people at least because they do have good movies on there Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they want to have more original content and I think that they want people coming back. And I think it's interesting. They did add this element of, of one of the characters. Um, there's actually a couple cool elements in this. There's one of the characters in the town, a, a young girl, and she might be, uh, she might be a serial killer. Yes. Yeah. And then there's another, the, 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 the new family that arrived, the, the youngest boy is seeing, a little boy outside during the day and it's like is that little boy evil (laughs) i mean um nobody else can see this little boy so it's like what's going on with that chris what did you think um yeah uh i guess i got to give a caveat for my rating i have to give it a high taste it but that's just because i'm a huge coward and like dealing like that episode two where it ended with the kid outside the window i was like nope and it like, <laughs> like, and it like, I had I went and watched Uncharted, and uh, at, right after it, and it was like the first time I've ever been in a movie theater by myself, and I was just like, that probably affected my Uncharted rating. Just oh, like, I was like, I can't concentrate at this movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you but, watched Uncharted. I'll get to you, oh, yeah, I'll get to I, your I, thoughts I on Uncharted. most of the movies. Okay. Um, I I didn't I didn't really I mean everything I would say for for Uncharted is what you guys said. It's just kind of felt derivative of like other. You know, like Indiana Jones and things like that, and it's it's, it's fine. It's a popcorn movie, um, but uh, from I'll give a high taste it because I really I, I I got myself to watch the third episode today because like I'm really enjoying it. It's just like crap. This is like the scariest I can usually go is like Midnight Mass and uh, probably Studio Six Six Six. But yeah, it's like it's sort of like it reminds me of uh, that movie. Uh, it follows. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. And just like that whole creepy walking thing, the shape shifting. And yeah, that opening scene is awesome. And yeah. just how brutal they are is, is, it's really cool. I've, I'll probably have to wait till my, my girlfriend gets back from her trip. It's like, Hey, I need you to watch the show with me because it's actually pretty good. <laughs> and I'm scared. <laughs> and I'm scared. I'm a 38 year old coward. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it was a very pleasant, pleasant surprise. Like I felt like a lot of the stuff this week was like really like, Oh, this is awesome. And I'm glad I was able to watch this. Stuff. I'm just imagining Chris watching this with like all the lights on and then like nine one one pulled up on speed dial, you know, like, <laughs> 
I'm telling you, I'm Jake. I'm loving this show. I'm yeah. addicted. I, I was telling, uh, I was telling uh, my dad about it. My dad watched it. My dad loved it. And then I, I, I sent a message to Scott Shooty. I was like, you gotta watch, you gotta watch From. And then like, I think it was like later on that day, he's he sent me a text back, and I think it just said, "Holy shit." <laughs> And I was like, oh, so it's great. I love it. Yeah. If you love horror, this is like a Tupperware. Like this is a must see, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I like to get scared. I enjoy being scared. I like being scared watching something. My thing is, is like my imagination gets with me and it'll like stick with me a couple weeks. I'm just like, fuck. See, don't leave that window open. The thing yeah. is, this is this show is not scaring me. I'm more intrigued. Like it takes yes. a lot for something to scare me. Yeah, you know now. And so. it's, it's yeah. definitely intrigued me more that I needed to watch that third episode. But I'm almost with 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 Jake on. It's like I kind of wish it was almost maybe a movie or something like that because like I do want to have resolution. I want to find out. What these things are, and not yeah, having drag out season. There's so many characters in this, and I feel like a series mm-hmm. really works well getting to flesh out these That's characters. True. We've got that new, you know, like th- not only do we have like this new family coming into this, but there's also that um, that guy. What's his name? Uh, the, uh, Jade. He's the guy who thinks that the town is like this elaborate mm-hmm. sca- escape room. That it. Yeah. Was, oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, he thinks it's all uh, like his friend sent him there and it was all a joke like this escape room and he's looking for clues and he doesn't realize that this is no dude your life is changed man like this is the world you live in now you get inside before it's dark yeah so do you think this show is going to do the lost trick where we see flashbacks to some of the characters getting trapped into the town for the first time and like their lives outside of when they first got in here that would be i think that that would be the way to go yeah. Didn't they do that a little bit with one of the characters, the woman? Um, didn't they flash back a little? I thought she described oh. it. Yeah, she just described I it. I don't think I would have been able to watch it if they oh, okay. didn't have houses to run into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, this. It's this show is called From. It's on Epics. Uh, you might be able to get like a free week or a free month or something like that if you want to check it out. Uh, other than that, it's five ninety nine a month, and uh, they have some great movies on there too. So, uh, other original content. They got the the Alfred series. The, it's Pennyworth, and they got uh, Perpetual Grace Limited. They've got some other original series. Chapel Weight was very good. Um, I believe if you go on Amazon Prime, it, yeah, that's how I watched it. Episodes. Yeah, you can watch how many episodes? I think the first three are on there on Amazon yeah. Prime because I don't have Epics, but I was able to watch the first three. Very that's how cool. I watched it. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Uh, I love that, 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 what was it, Perpetual Grace Unlimited? I found that through you guys. The fucking, feel the fucking rhythm. Feel the fucking rhythm. Oh, that's that's a, a great show. That's a great fucking show, man. I yeah. still think that they're supposed to be making a movie to wrap that up. Oh, cool. Cause it, I think they canceled it after the first season, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but, um, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, Ben Kingsley and Jimmy Simpson. Mm hmm. Speaking of Jimmy Simpson, he's, he shows up in another thing we watched this week. Yeah, he has a cameo. Yeah, I love him. Uh, no Exit on uh, on Hulu. I just watched this. This is like the thing that I watched uh, right before we started recording. It's a it's a Hulu. It's from I think it's from what did they say? Was it Twentieth Century made this movie exclusive to Hulu? Yeah, Twentieth Century Studios. Mm, yeah. Uh, first off, I, the synopsis for this is wrong. And uh, it says a college student on her way home from visiting her mother 
gets stuck with a group of people at a mountain rest stop during a blizzard. That is just, that is not, that is not. They did not watch the movie. Yeah. It's not even close. Not even close. It's directed by, uh, it, it's directed by Damien Power from a screenplay by Andrew Barr and Gabriel Ferrari based on the 2017, uh, 2017 novel of the same name by Taylor Adams. It stars Havana Rose Lou. And uh, she's a college student who discovers a kidnapping in progress while stranded at a rest stop during a blizzard. It also stars um, uh, David Reisdahl, Dale Dickey, uh, Danny Ramirez, and uh, Dennis Haysbert. Um, Danny Ramirez changed his name in Hollywood. He didn't want to get confused with uh, Dan Ramirez from Heroes of Noise. So that's why he changed his smart, name. Smart. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be associated with that guy yeah. either. Yeah, Dan Ramirez pulls a lot of clout, so, you know. My cat, he, he is fucking... <laughs> I heard that. Yeah, he knocked a whole... A pause. All right, sorry about that. I had to pause there. Uh, my cat knocked off... My cat, he, he knocked down a big old thing of pepper on the floor, and all I could smell was fucking pepper. He, he. You're fucking, you're, he's nuts tonight. He's like 12 years old and he's acting like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but not a show for company. I know. I love that little guy. Uh, yeah, no exit. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. I went over, oh, yeah, the, the cast and, uh, um, yeah, it's, oh, here's a better synopsis. I found this online. Recovering addict Darby Thorne learns that her mother is in the hospital. She escapes rehab and drives to Salt Lake City. While stopped in the middle of the road, Corporal Ron Hill tells her that the interstate is closed because of a developing blizzard. She agrees to stay overnight at a local visitor's center. The only people inside are Ash, Lars, and married couple Ed and Sandy. Darby goes outside to look for a signal. And ends up discovering a kidnapped girl in a van belonging to one of the people inside. And that's the big mystery when you start off this movie is that one of the people that are inside of this visitor center and there's a blizzard, there's no signal, you can't fucking call anybody. You can't, and she's, she's, her mother's in the hospital, may die in the hospital. And then she finds out that there's this young girl kidnapped, nine, ten year old girl kidnapped in the back of this van and uh she has to go back inside the visitor center and try to guess like who is like the the uh the kidnapper and then try to find a way to um to to rescue this girl and uh yeah uh chris what did you think about uh no exit so this was a just another great pleasant surprise for me and a big reason why I love listening to PCL is because I find stuff that I wouldn't have watched otherwise, but uh, I really enjoy this. I'll give it a, a high taste it because, um, like, yeah, the, the story is, like, inventive. Like, I wouldn't, you know, it's not your regular run-of-the-mill, um, but kind of a cool mystery whodunit, um, and the twists are, are pretty fun, and uh, it's always cool to see what's-his-name from Major League. Uh, yeah, Dennis Haysburg. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dennis Haysburg. And he's the president? Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Hayes, Mr. Allstate. Mr. Allstate. Yeah, Mr. Allstate. Man, he's ro- any, he was rocking a uh, rocking a salt and pepper beard. Yeah, that was cool. Looks good on him. He's just a man. 
Yeah, for sure. Dennis 100%. Haysbert, he was. I don't. I, I don't think he was ever a boy. I think he was born a man. <laughs> I think. I think when he. I think he ripped out of his mother's vagina and she died, and he was just born a man. <laughs> if, if he sat next to me while watching, then I could watch all of from. I'd be fine doing it if he sat next to me. I feel very safe. Of course, yeah, yeah. You're in good hands with Dennis Haysbert in your home. It's a fuck all state. I just want this fucking this guy. He is a man. I want. Can you can you send him over to my house? There's gonna be no nothing's gonna fuck with you with Dennis Haysbert. I fall asleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god! Can you imagine having him as like your uh, your grandfather or your dad reading you the bedtime stories? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, just amazing. Anyway, Dennis Haysbert. Um, yeah, so you're giving it a uh, a high taste. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm not just giving it a Tupperware. I had a reasoning, but. I wanted to be hard on him, hard this week. I didn't want to just agree with everybody. So, oh, is that is that what you're doing? <laughs> so you're just gonna disagree. So you're just gonna. I loved it. I, I'm edgy. I'm what edgy. Agree. <laughs> Edge Lord Chris. Yeah. What the I'm fuck? I'm now. I'm BJ. Wow, man. <laughs> was that a righteous gemstones? It was, which I would say is my favorite. I think this is the best TV show on television right now. Dude, it's so good. Oh my god, it's fantastic. Like uh and and uh, the penultimate episode uh just dropped and so tomorrow they're dropping the uh the season 2 finale. Oh damn, I got to get on that. Get on it, yeah, man. I love, I love that show. Like I was thinking like if we got into that conversation like I feel like that just barely edges out peacemaker for me of like shows of top shows. Just barely, but I love that show. Oh, I'm still on. I'm still on the Peacemaker train, but man, uh, yeah. not not far behind. Righteous Gemstones is up there in that conversation. It's fucking great. Love Righteous. Uh, fucking John Goodman's so good. He's the best. <laughs> He's so goddamn good this season. That's that's who I wish it was my dad. I, I want John Goodman as my dad. Eric. Oh yeah, John Goodman is your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Would you? Would you? Uh, let's, uh, I, let's remake my two dads with John Goodman and yes. Dennis Haysbert. Oh my yes. god! Let's do that. And can I? Can I? Can I breastfeed on both of them? <laughs> <laughs> the wacky neighbor. <laughs> Every two hours, I'm breastfeeding on one of them. I'll alternate. <laughs> they both have to quit their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not filming an Allstate commercial today. I'm sucking on those titties, Dennis. <laughs> Your titties are in good hands. <laughs> Your titties are in my hands, Dennis. <laughs> oh, I, oh, my God. What is wrong with us? <laughs> The, the stuff that you're afraid to talk about, Brian, and the stuff you will talk about. Right? 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 I won't talk about that, but I'll talk about sucking on Dennis Haybert's tits. I, I did some Googling on medical news today, and it is possible for both men and women to produce a milky discharge from one or both nipples without being pregnant or breastfeeding. So... For anybody who's still wondering, oh, the, that, that, that wasn't that a more you know back in the uh, back in the nineties. 
a star literally just went across my head. It was amazing. I'm David Schwimmer, and if you suck on a titty long enough, male or female, a milky discharge will appear. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I'm going on PCL. Bill Cosby should have done that one. No, the, the commercial is me sucking on Dennis Haysbert's tits. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, we did watch a movie called No Exit, um, <laughs> which Chris was a little hard on. Give it a high taste. It, um, uh, Jake. What did you think about No Exit? I kind of, I kind of love this movie. I'm going to go ahead and, and give it a Tupperware. I, I watched this movie this morning as well, and it, it, I don't know. It was just like the perfect time to watch it. I really didn't know anything about it. I didn't read the synopsis. I didn't watch a trailer. I just watched it, and you know, I've said before on this podcast, I'm a really big fan of movies like this that just take place in one setting mostly. And I thought, like, you could see this being a play, even. And yeah, I just thought it was just such a great movie. It had really great twists and turns. Like at the first reveal, I was like, "No duh," but then it just kept coming yes. and coming, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, okay, there's way more than I had initially realized going on here." And um, before I pass it on, I will say one thing about this movie is in any film or television show, I have never seen a more justified usage of drugs by a former <laughs> addict than in this movie. I was like, all right, girl, yeah. I don't blame you. Fucking do that coke. I actually, that's in my notes, Jake. Like, if there's ever a reason to do drugs, it's this movie. Like, <laughs> like normally when someone, like, gets out of rehab and then they go back to the drugs, it, like, really fucking eats me up inside. But, yeah, here I'm like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go, just in taking the booger sugar any way you want to. Like, I get it. Yeah, yeah, you have permission. Yeah. I think even the counselor is going to be like, yeah, yeah, we don't blame you. Yeah. I, I, I just remembered why I probably had to give it a high taste it because of the irresponsible use of the nail gun. <laughs> Chris, get out of here. <laughs> It's been wonderful, everyone. Um, It's definitely a Tupperware, though. It's it's not a 10. It's a 9. But, man, it it was a lot of fun. And the more blind you go in, kind of the more fun it is, I think. It reminded me of, like, those early aughts movies. Like, um, Mm -hmm. um, Jake, do you remember Finder's Fee, uh, Jeff Probst directed movie? (laughs) Yes. Um, and then I like that movie, by the way, James Earl Jones. It's it's, it's not terrible. I love it. I love Finder's Fee. Um, and then, uh, like reindeer games, stuff like that, you know, like, I like that movie too. Yeah. So I could see this being a movie that if you saw a trailer for, it would ruin it. Like this would be one of those trailers that would show you like 90% of the movie in the trailer. I, I honestly, when I talked, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll get on Twitter, I'll get on Facebook and let everybody know what I'm watching. And I put currently watching no exit. I said, just watch this one. Just don't don't read a synopsis. Just watch. And I feel like that's the best way to watch this movie. I I know we're talking about it on the podcast because we have to. But um, I I really do feel like the best way to kind of like watch this movie is just to kind of go kind of go in blind, man. I was really surprised by this one. I'm going to give it a Tupperware as well. Like um, I'm like. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like guessing the whole time, like who is the kidnapper? What's going on here? Um, and, uh, I thought everybody, I think everybody played their roles really, really well in this. I, the, the, the main lead was fantastic. Um, 
I mean, just and the the creative ways of trying to like, okay, let's take care of cell phones. Let's take care of ways for these characters to be able to just get up and leave. Like this blizzard is insane. Um, roads are closed. Uh, no cell signal out here. You're out in the fucking woods. I mean, I just thought, you know, there's a lot of times in movies where they just find stupid ways where a phone won't work. And, and in this one, I think like with the, the, with the storm and with the location, I think it all kind of worked. I, I, I Tupperware this and the violence, some of it's definitely warranted and I loved it. And, um, what did you think, Tristan? Oh yeah, this was a, Tristan, we lost you. You cut out. You cut out. You're back now. How am I now? Okay. You're good. I was saying that this is a, this is one that was um, a pleasant surprise as well. Like I, it, I, the beginning was a little clunky as well as the end, but that middle um, thriller portion of it I thought was just fantastic, and I really liked the lead. Like I think she's really good. I hope I see more stuff from her. Yeah. And um, Danny Ramirez too. I thought he was fantastic as well. And yeah. It's exciting that he's he's a uh, part of the MCU now. Um. So you know we will oh, be seeing more. Oh, he is. Coming. That's yeah. where I knew him yeah, from. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, he was on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but overall, like it was, uh, it definitely left me guessing. It wasn't as predictable as I thought it was going to be. It definitely surprised me in certain areas. Um, it's a solid, very high tasted for me. It, it's, it felt like one of those movies like I would have loved to have seen in the theater, but I don't know if I would have gone to the theater to see it. Mm-hmm. Like not knowing that it was as good as it was. Yeah. That's like um, uh, the harder they fall for me. It's just like I know if it had oh. gone to theaters, I wouldn't have watched it. But I'm so happy I watched it because it's like my favorite movie of last oh, year. Oh God, a western in the theater? Like I'm there. So I would have yeah, been, yeah, I would have yeah. been there. I, I would have gone. I would have saw that trailer and saw that cast and heard that music mm-hmm. and been like, okay, we're yeah. going. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, I think this one, the movie theater, might have ruined it because if, if you're seeing mm-hmm. it in the theater, then you're seeing trailers for three months before you mm-hmm. see it, and I think by that point, it's just a little bit tired. That's true. I didn't even think about that. You're right because you could every time you go to a fucking AMC theater, you're seeing this fucking trailer. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer? And if you guys, who saw Studio Six Six Six? I did. So just me and you. Okay, we'll talk about yeah. that here. Did you see the trailer for X? I didn't see that. No, I didn't remember that. It's a new eight. Is X going to give it to you? Oh, not DMX. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a new movie called X, and I think Luke Wilson's in it. Um, it's a it's a horror movie coming from A twenty four. Watch the trailer okay, cool. for X. I'm not kidding you. It's like uh, it's this group of people like they're in a van. I think it's set in the seventies and they're going to film a porn. And I don't know why they are filming at this location, but it's like this guy's like farmhouse or just like a house out in the country. And I, I think at one point, like the farmer's daughter wants to get involved in the porn and, and they are like, no, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. And it looks like the mother in this is like maybe a monster or something and just going around killing like these porn stars and, and porn is producers. Is this the one with Kid Cudi in it? I don't know. It, it might be. I might yeah, have actually yeah, seen is, this Jake. trailer. It's I don't the same know. one. Yeah, it's the one with Kid Cudi in it. I've seen this trailer. This does look yeah. good. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it too. 
too. Yeah, I, I don't think they showed it in in my theater, but I've seen that trailer as well. That looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's just called X, man. It comes out, I think, in May. March eighteenth. Oh, March eighteenth. Yeah, I'm. I've actually got that on the list for us to two hours and twenty minutes for a horror slasher. Oof. Mm. Okay. Better be. Oh, we better see a lot of porn. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I better see somebody sucking a Dennis Haysbert's tits. In this one. I don't see him in the cast, so. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about, uh, Chris, let's talk about Studio 666. Oh, yeah. uh, this hey, dropped, in the, dropped in the theater in uh, Studio 666, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. Once in the house, Dave Grohl finds himself grappling with supernatural forces that threaten both the completion of the album and the lives of the band. It's directed by B.J. McConnell, and uh, we've got a cast of Dave Grohl and the rest of the Foo Fighters, and then we've got cameo appearances here with yeah. Will Forte. Uh, Whitney Cummings is in the movie, Jeff Garland, Jenny Ortega, Jenna Ortega, and Leslie Grossman. Um... Chris, what did you think about Studio 666? So this was my, like, pleasant surprise and surprise, like, winner, like, definite Tupperware for me. I actually loved this movie, and I did not expect I was like, oh, musicians making a movie. This is going to be bad. Um, but it was a favorite thing I watched this week. Like, it was, as I said, nice level, scary. Um, but, like, pretty much all the jokes landed. I love how self-deprecating they were. Um uh, yeah, I lo- I loved it. I was like, damn, I wish I was had made my bandmate Elliot go see this because there's just like a lot of funny, just like musician jokes in there too. And yeah, I thought it was great. I liked it too. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to when I first started watching it. I'll give it a high taste. It. Um, mm-hmm. I really think that. Uh, the humor lands in certain parts. Some parts it doesn't land, but like, yeah. Dave Grohl really fucking goes for it in this movie. Oh like, yeah, oh yeah. Like he really went for it, and it- I think that like his his imagination with like. Uh, there's a scene where he is dreaming, and of course, like you're in a you know this house that. This this house has a history. So, like, in the 90s, there was a band that showed to record their album there. And uh, one of the bandmates grisly murder, uh, murdered the other bandmates. And um, so now, now they are sent, the Foo Fighters are sent to re- record their album there. And then, you know, of course, like this demonic presence starts taking over, you know, the one of the band members and we're going to have history repeat itself here. And um, there is a point in this where like Dave Grohl has like this dream and he's in his bed and he wakes up and he looks around and it's just like it's like a, a, you see like thunderclouds and lightning and then you see like these demons with with a black outline and these red eyes like all like swarming in on him and i'm just like oh my god this looks so fucking cool like it's not big budget but it just looked cool because it came from like a wild imagination Mm -hmm. and um there's will forte's character shows up as like a you know like a delivery guy like a uber eats or something like that to drop off their food and Mm -hmm. and he doesn't bring enough (laughs) ranch one time and there's a moment later on in the movie where dave Grohl says you can never get enough ranch and i just kind of laughed out loud he really puts himself out there and you can tell that these guys aren't actors but it kind of works in this comedy horror and like yeah 
Hey, Chris. Hey. <laughs> I will let you talk. I swear to God, I will. I know you're excited. I will let you talk. But I really think he puts it all out there. There's like a moment where he's like got all the band members around him and he's like, I finally, you know, I, I know what the sound, I know what the sound should be. And he's like banging his head and playing this music, just like, you know, using his mouth and, and he's just really putting himself out there. Man. I think Dave Grohl did a great job. I give it a high taste it overall. And I do think, that it has one of the best third acts that I've seen in a long time. The the scene by the pool at the end of the movie was fantastic. Chris, the stage is yeah. yours. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, as you said, I, I thought, like, I was really impressed by the, the kills in the movie. Just like, oh, that was an inventive way to kill that character off. Yeah. Um, and I was, like, pleasant sleep. Like, as you said, the they're obviously knocked actors, so they just come off as super weird. Like, Pat Smear who is a, just a weird guy just comes off and like, he's always sleep. He just always chooses to sleep on the floor yes. in the kitchen and the, the, the keyboard player is like my surprise thinks it's like, I can't stand that they added a keyboard player to the band. It's like, what's the point? You can't even hear him when they play. Um, but he's hilarious and he's like always wearing the speedo. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, the sex death scene is just like, Oh, that was, that was hilarious. Oh my God. That was incredible. Yes. That was one of the most incredible kills I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So and it is just impressive of like, you know, like, I don't know, Dave Grohl probably has some sort of like undiagnosed ADHD and it's just awesome that he was able to become a drummer and he's just mm. such a creative force. Yeah. He's been doing it for so long and just, yeah, like D Dave Grohl is like definitely up there of like, if I ever meet that person in person, he's like with Elton John and like Brandy Carlisle, like I probably like burst into tears of joy just because like how much I love that person. But like, yeah, that's and a, I, that's I a playing guitar because of Nirvana. So that's a great way to scare someone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally get it, though, man. Like yeah. if I ever met like Michael Jordan or something like that, I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself you know what i mean so i i, I get it man i get yeah. studio 666 i actually what was really nice about this one is i was the only one in my theater oh wow had the whole thing to myself it was awesome yeah yeah so this one's out in theaters exclusively right now um rich and shameless pam and tommy the tape that changed America. I've also seen it listed as the crime against Pam and Tommy. So I don't know what the official title is, but it's rich and shameless is a series is what I found out. And so I think what they meant by sneak peek on this, cause it's on TNT is that they're, I think this was going to come out later, but they're capitalizing on the fact that that, um, uh, Pam and Tommy show is out on Hulu. And so they wanted to get it out there to kind of like piggyback off the success of that. But this is a series, Rich and Shameless, and they're going to talk about the true stories and of the successes, failures, and thrills um, that accompany the kind of wealth that ordinary people can never understand. And they're going to be doing um, – coming up, they're going to be doing – uh, the mysterious death of crypto millionaire and suspected con artist Gerald Cotton. Seagram's heiress Claire Bronfham and her involvement in a nefarious sex cult, and that's the Nexium cult. So they're going to be doing another Nexium documentary. Um, the unlikely battle between Martin Shkreli and the Wu Tang Clan, and the disappearance of NBA great Bison Dele, uh, formerly Brian Williams, at sea. Uh, do you remember when that happened? Anybody? Mm -mm. Tristan, I know you follow basketball. Do you remember when Bison Daly was murdered? 
Um, wait, what era was that? Is that like a? It was in. Oh, two, he, he he played Bison Daly. He played for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. He was Brian Williams when he played for the Bulls, and he won a championship with them in '97. And um, honestly, I think without him, we might not have won that fucking that Utah series. He really, he really, he really played really well in that series. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's believed to have been murdered at sea by his older brother Miles back in 2002. And they're going to do, I can't wait to see that. Cause like I, there's so many questions surrounding his murder and also his girlfriend and the guy who is the skipper on the boat. Um, were also presumed to have been killed by this guy. And I don't know oh. if they ever found his brother or if he's, you know, fucking in some country where we can't, you know, fucking arrest him or something, or he's just missing or disappeared. I don't know, but yeah, they're going to be doing a special on that, but they wow. did. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Uh, they did, uh, they dropped this, uh, Pam and Tommy one and, um, yeah, man. Uh, Jake, did you watch this? I did. Yeah. Are you watching the Pam and Tommy show on Hulu? I am four episodes in. I'm watching it with Michelle, so I'm always like perpetually yeah. like two episodes behind. I haven't watched this week's, but I think I'm like five. I think I've watched all all of I think it's six episodes that are out now. I've watched at least five of them, but I love it. What do you think about this? I, I'm going to give it a low taste. It. I thought the material was more interesting than the presentation. I I found the presentation to be a little bit dry. And just not capturing my attention as much as it could. I don't know if that's because because of Pam and Tommy. I'm so familiar with the story already, but I don't know. Just a lot of the uh, too much interviews and not a, not enough footage for my taste. I when they were showing actual footage of like talk show appearances, I was pretty captivated, but a lot of the interviews came off as pretty dry to me. And it's like. I was questioning whether or not the guy was even really Tommy's friend. Like, it just felt like they just got some random guy off the street and were like, you're Tommy's friend. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it wasn't terrible. Um, some of the episodes of this show I'm very interested in watching when it actually comes out. Um, that Wu-Tang story with their uh, selling that album only one time to one person always fascinated me. And it was just such a shame what happened with that. Um, so I, I'm really interested in seeing that one, but yeah, just just a low taste it. Um, it may have been a, a regular taste it if I wasn't so caught up in the story already. So, yeah, I'll give it a taste it because I think like it did kind of uh, uh, give me. It, it kind of shows me like what's real about like the Pam and Tommy show that's on Hulu and what they kind of fabricated as well. I mean, and they've been fabricating quite a few things in that show. Like there's a whole scene and they didn't even talk about it in this, but I had to look into it. There's a, there's a scene where Pamela Anderson in, in the Pam and Tommy show, like fucking smashes a paparazzi car. And like that never even happens. Like, why do you do that and shit? Like, why do they, why do you have to do that? That makes no yeah. sense. Um, but I did think that, you know, that it did, I think it highlighted something very important in this special that kind of once this tape did come out that, you know, Pamela was shamed and, and Tommy was kind of glorified because, you know, he's a man and, and she's the woman, 
And I think yeah. I think it did kind of send that message really well in in this uh in this episode. So I'll give it a taste mm-hmm. it overall. What'd you think, Tristan? Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a middle of the road tasted. Um, as Jake was saying, it's very informative, but it was, I guess the way that it was put together was a little lackluster. And, and the fact that they couldn't really find or, or get people to participate that really mattered. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you're talking to the friends of both of them and the I daughter. Mean, yeah, the, yeah. The daughter of someone who's important. And, um, but, but yeah, like it's, I mean, I've only seen the first episode of the, uh, the, the, the uh, Sebastian Stance um, series, um, but yeah, like it's it's interesting to see how bizarre this story actually was because I didn't real realize all this shit was going on back in the '90s when it was happening. Like I didn't realize that it was such a, you know, like like an inside job like that and how yeah. it got distributed. It just seemed to just be here and part of the cultural zeitgeist all of a sudden, as far as what I remember. So it was kind of cool to just see the um, the built up to it, and and it's also fascinating to see how times have changed because um you guys are talking about the, the talk shows it's um like jay leno and all these people were just so brazen to just bring that stuff up in front of pamela anderson like it was nothing you know yeah Whereas, you know if, if someone has like a sex tape today like they're not even gonna mention it you know they're or they're gonna tiptoe around it or something you know? yeah it's not yeah, like yeah. fucking paris hilton and kim kardashian are dealing with that shit yeah yeah it's like you know and they they know what what to talk about, what not to talk about. And I think a lot of people didn't realize how it was the effect that it would have on a Pamela Anderson Lee, you know, and how it would be so nerve wracking knowing that this video was out there. I think I, I, I wasn't sure how it got out there. I didn't know if they released it themselves or not, but just knowing that it was stolen, you know, it had to have been extremely nerve wracking and, and, and just stressful to have to deal with. And everyone's making a joke about it and, and all that. But like, yeah, but yeah overall the, the series was, you know, it was interesting. It, it kept my attention and middle of the road tasted. Yeah, yeah. I think it was cool to see how how you know that pre-internet phase too. You know, like where it's like, oh, you got something I want to see. I'm gonna sh- ship it to you, and you're gonna get it in four to six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild that it, it was so involved in pushing forward the ability to video stream over the internet. I had no idea that it was so influential mm-hmm. in speeding that technology up. Yeah. <laughs> a tape like that comes out they're like yep yeah, we gotta get the let's get the technology out there <laughs> oh my god i i will say this i think i think i think it's an unspoken truth between all straight men that were like born in the mid 70s to the early aughts like i think at all at one time in all of our lives we've all jerked off to pamela anderson i i like I can look any straight man in the face and like, I don't have to say it. It's just like kind of unspoken. Like at one point in our life, there was an episode of Baywatch or a playboy came our way and we all fucking jerked it. And you know what? If ladies, if you ask your fucking guy about this and he says, no, I never did. He's lying because we all did <laughs> while you were finger banging to Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor Thomas or, <laughs> or, or one of the NSYNC guys, yeah. we were fucking, we were all jerking off to Pamela Anderson. I promise you we've all done it. And if some guy says that he didn't, he's a fucking liar. He's a fucking liar. So just throwing it out there. I was more of a Yasmin bleed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
my God. Okay, let's see here. What do we got here? I feel like I feel like Jake's ready to take a break. I'm good. Really? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm proud of you, sir. Oh, you act, you act like you act like you act like I I should just know that you're you're Jake. It's usually around this time. I mean, to be fair, I already had a break during the uh, studio six 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 part. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. I peed and smoked a cigarette during that whole review. <laughs> um, the, the TMI, Jake. <laughs> um, let's see here. Vikings Valhalla on Netflix. It's set 100 years after the events of Vikings as tensions between the Vikings and the English royals reach a bloody breaking point, And as the Vikings themselves clash over the conflicting Christian and pagan beliefs, uh, Leif Erikson, uh, Freitas, I, Eric's daughter and Harold Hardrada begin an epic journey that will take them across the oceans and through battlefields from Kattegat to England and beyond as they fight for survival and glory. Uh, the series shows the end of the Viking Age marked by Battle of Stamford Bridge in 1066. It's created by Jeb Stewart. Did any of you guys watch the the, the Vikings show? I did not. No. I didn't either. I had friends who swore by it. Oh, yeah. My, my dad loves it. And I know a bunch yeah. of people that watch it. I guess it was one of those shows that came out. And I thought originally, I don't know why, I thought it was like a um, documentary mixed in with uh, mm-hmm. with acting. And so I didn't know that it was just kind of like a, you know, like a like a 100 percent, you know, scripted show uh, based on historical Viking events and shit like that. And so I just, I, I heard about it, heard it was great. It was just like, maybe they had like, uh, two or three seasons out by the time, you know, I knew it was a big hit. And so I never watched mm-hmm. it, but I felt like from what I read of the synopsis on this one is it's set a hundred years after the events of that show. And so it's like, well, I can jump in on this, you know, and I did. And I've, I'm two episodes in and I, I think it's I think it's a phenomenal show. I think this is an absolute Tupperware for me. I this Viking shit is fucking amazing. And and the when they're when they showed them uh, they're they're traveling to to England and um uh, were they traveling to England? He was on. They were in the water. Or were they going to the uh, were they going to Cadigat? Is that that place, Cadigat? Yeah, where the king yeah. was. He had assembled all the troops. And when they're in the, when you see all the Viking ships out there and like the storm rolling in, like just the cinematography and the way they shoot everything and like the, the, all the costumes and it's just everything's fucking just, it just looks epic. And I, I, I'm enjoying the story. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. You've got, um, you got the the one you got Leif Erikson and then you've got his, is it his sister? Yes. And she was when she was a child she was um raped and and then cut up by this guy. A guy fucking cut a cross into her back and she sees this guy when they when all the Vikings get together and it's like, you know, she's set on fucking murdering this guy and I'm just like, "Oh my god, I'm into this story. I'm into the this whole Viking revenge story because like some of the Vikings had been living amongst the English for, you know, for years and years and years and and then they are fucking um they're killed one night, all the Vikings. And so like this is like this is like the Vikings revenge story and I was I'm I'm in. I'm in. This is an absolute Tupperware for me. Uh two episodes in, I cannot wait 
wait to finish this. Is this because if you go to IMDb, it shows that it's going to be a 24 episode first season. But then I'm also hearing it's going to be three seasons. So because they dropped eight, the same thing. Yes, it's 20. Yes, it's 24 episodes. But is it three parts in one season or is it just three seasons? I don't er, – uh, three seasons of eight episodes each. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I Tupperware the show. I think it's fan-fucking-tastic. I, I loved it. Um, Tristan, how many episodes did you get to watch? Zero, unfortunately. Fuck. Okay. Uh, Chris, did you watch any of Vikings Valhalla? Yeah, I, I watched the first episode. Um, I'll give it a high taste it. Um I didn't. I don't really know why I didn't love it as much as you. Because you're edgy this week. That's I'm why edgy this week. It just. I don't know. Like if you put a gun to my head, I would choose from over this. If I was gonna like binge one of them, like I would choose from. Um, uh, this is but, this just this scratches a whole other itch for me, man. Like yeah, like those are like, comparing those two. Like this is like historical Vikings. I don't see a lot of Viking content. You know, like I loved uh, Vinland Saga, which is an anime, but it's a little hyper. You know, it's it's an anime, so <laughs> shit's a little crazy and it's a little bit more hyper violent, and people are a little bit more superhuman in in the anime. But I don't see a lot of Viking content, and when I see like. This, this is just, this is like, I don't, this is fucking amazing Viking content. And, and, and the Viking culture is just like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. I'm just blown away by this. And just like the, the way that the presentation is, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know where else you're going to fucking go to get good Viking content. Yeah. It's, it's just weird for, I don't know. Like, I, get, I don't want to sound deranged or something, but it's like, is this – because I know the original – or I think the original one was a History Channel show, right? I think so, yeah. Correct. Is this Netflix or History Channel? No, this is Netflix. Netflix – this is created for Netflix. So Netflix saw this as a as as something that mm-hmm. – they, they created this. They had Jeb Stewart come in and create this for Netflix. So I guess just what is it like – because, like, my, like, epitome of, like, just awesome Viking is the 13th Warrior movie. Do you guys remember that with Antonio Banderas? Uh-huh. Like a retelling of Beowulf. Like, I love that, and I loved how, like, violent it was and, like, the Viking things. And it just – I guess I'm just, like, I want it to be more violent. It's too much of a, like, TNT show. Like, like uh. I want him cussing and, and more blood and stuff like that. That's deranged to say. But I think that's coming, like, though, man. Because, like, uh, from everything that I've heard from the – original viking series that was on history is that it's mm-hmm. it's very violent so yeah. i mean we yeah. i mean you know i gotta get it i should give it another try like i don't i don't really have a good excuse i mean i and i love the actor from the original one because he's the one of the he's like the villain on uh raised by wolves i can't remember his name um but i love that actor and i was like oh i should go try out the the original vikings yeah i need to try that one too i think i'm definitely going to finish this one i tupperware i Jake, did you watch this? I watched the first episode. I don't feel like you're going to be as high. I don't think this is your kind of thing. I absolutely hated this show. I figured. It was, it was a toss-it for me. Um, I I get it, though. Like, it's a subjective toss-it. It just wasn't my thing. I, I thought the production was second to none. Um, Man, I was rolling my eyes at a lot of the dialogue. I thought the dialogue was incredibly cliche and cheesy. The the, uh, the worship this line when they charge the Christians, the just cheesy, brave-heartish rally speech. Um, I don't know. This just didn't do much for me. And um, 
like Chris, I, I thought it really did feel like a TNT drama. Like it felt like it just didn't. Maybe that is yet to come after one yeah. episode, but it really felt like this is not HBO. This is something made for cable television, and mm-hmm. it's never going to be R-rated in any way. And if we're going to go this far out with production, then I just want to see it be a little bit more brutal. I, a little bit less tropey and cliche. I man, I'm just like on the opposite end of it. I I I think it is going to get brutal. I've heard the Viking show is just insanely brutal. So I don't think that they're going to pull any punches on this one. So I t- I love it. Yeah. I, I I this is an absolute Tupperware for me. I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm blown away by these statements. I just cannot believe this. Uh, I I think it was it's just great. like I. I had like a couple hours before we started and I was just like, all right, I'm going to watch something just to kill time. And I chose from like, just like, and, and I don't know. It's just, yeah, I guess I got to just be with Jake. It just felt too, like, it feels like it go further and probably, maybe it will. So I should probably just keep giving it a chance. I mean, they haven't even fucking gone to war with the English yet. I mean, come on. God damn it! One episode—that's weak sauce, man. Fuck that shit. All right, anyway. Yeah, I, I get it though. It was—it's not like the kind of toss it where I think this is like really badly made by any means. I mean, other than I thought the dialogue was pretty terrible, but yeah, it's, it's just not my thing. Oh man, I loved it. I love the speech, man. Rally the troops. I fucking love that shit. I was all in, dude. I fucking—it's just—I I don't know. I good Viking content. I think it's good Viking content. What do you got against Vikings, Tristan? <laughs> I have nothing against Vikings. I have everything against time. (laughs) I talked about that at the beginning of the episode, Tristan. I I agree, man. (laughs) This shit came out yesterday. That's true. I know, Tristan. It's not easy doing this show, man. I'm telling you. Netflix does not make it easy for me. Netflix does not make it easy for me to do this show. Um, Restless on Netflix. Did everybody get a chance to watch Restless? Yes. Yes. Uh, after going to extremes to cover up an accident, a corrupt cop's life spirals out of control when he starts receiving threats from a mysterious witness. This is a French film uh, directed by Regis Blondeau from a script co-written by Blondeau and Julia, Julian Columbani. And uh, the cast is composed of mostly French actors such as Franck Gastambide. And is that the main actor? Because he looks like I want to call him French Diesel because he looks like a French Vin Diesel. I was thinking <laughs> French Statham. French Statham. That, yeah, I could go with French Statham. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, if they made it between Vin Diesel and, and Statham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In France. <laughs> and where else are you going to make? Yeah. And then it's got a bunch of other French actors in this thing, too. Um, yeah, man. I don't. Uh, this. <laughs> I want. I'm gonna. I I like this movie. <laughs> I had fun with it because it was so ridiculous and over the top. I'm gonna give it a high taste. It man. It's um. You've got you've got this. Yeah, you've got uh, French Statham Diesel driving along at the beginning of this. Uh, it, it, driving down a road. And uh, there's a dog in the middle of the road, so he swerves to, to miss the dog, but he ends up hitting something else, and he gets out of his car, and he sees a man, and he hit the man, and the man starts to bleed, and so he's like, ah, oh, fuck, and then he puts the body in his trunk, and then he, he drives off. We find out, he he gets pulled over, and we find out that he's a detective, and um, then the cops start questioning him, they want to go through the trunk, and then he attacks these cops, and then they pepper spray him, and then we cut away... And then we come back, 
and they're just like, sorry about that, Lieutenant. <laughs> like, did I miss something? <laughs> yeah. After yeah, like there like was a phone call or something them. that happened there. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. But man, like the, the I just I just found this movie so over the top. Like I was so in on the part where like he has to get rid of the body. Mm-hmm. And he's doing like all this kind of like Kevin McAllister Home Alone shit to get rid of this body. And I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> it and- is home alone stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so much fun. And then, and, uh, I don't know. I like this movie way more than any one person should like this movie. I'm going to give it a, a high taste it. Cause I just, I thought it was over the top and I could just shut my brain off and I had a good time with it. Like I never was bored watching this movie. Do I think it's like, like the script is written Excellent. Do I think it's like the best action movie I've ever seen? No, but it, it didn't bore me. I had fun with this one because it's so ridiculous and over the top. Um, <laughs> the scene with the toilet and dunking his head in and all this shit. Yeah, just, <laughs> you get the, you get the toilet cam. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I taste it for this one. I, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, Chris, what did you think about, uh, Restless? And what called restless i could never figure that out because he doesn't get to rest there's no rest for the week. oh yeah it's like yeah you're right like there's not a moment where there's like it's there's always something going on he's always moving always on the move yeah yeah, yeah that movie should have been called can this day get any worse <laughs> no shit oh my god imagine if like this was his groundhog's day yeah oh. yeah <laughs> chris what did you think the, the french cop and the harley bad no good day um, uh, I, I'm in the same boat, but I got to give it a high taste it, but there was like literally parts where it's like, is this a, supposed to be a comedy? Cause I was like laughing. <laughs> it's just like, this is so ridiculous. And like the, yeah, like the whole pulling the body through the air. Duct no, 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 it's not. I don't want to spoil it. I know it's so good though. It's so good. I loved it. <laughs> I thought, sorry. I thought it was an inventive story. <laughs> And and it was like oh, I don't see this. And it's like yeah, he's a dirty cop, and like you see why he's a dirty cop through it, and just like trying to keep secrets and things like that. And no, I, I actually was very surprised by this. It wasn't like as good as as, as like 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 uh, as No Exit or anything. Um, but yeah, I'm giving it high taste. It probably for the wrong reasons because <laughs> I did enjoy it. Didn't you give No Exit a high taste? It. I gave it a high taste. You gave this one a high tasted as well, right? Uh, I, well, I give I give no exit the highest of tastes. It's basically there, right at its upper. And this just a solid high tasted. We need. He that. enunciated the word high. Okay. For okay. No <laughs> There's okay. differences there. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's it's all in the way that you say it, right? Chris, we're gonna have to. I need to go over the rating system with you again, don't I? Do I need to play? Do I need to play Clive again? Please. <laughs> The rating system is simple. <laughs> if the le- apparently the rating system is not that simple, like it's no. it's still confusing to some people. I feel like I feel like there's been plenty of guests, and you guys have done things where like I'm gonna put it on this part. No, I just think it's yeah, hilarious it's that you're precedent. saying you're like it's not it's not no exit. It's not as good as no exit. Yet they still got the same rating. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I'm kind of miffed never, right now, Chris. I never said I wasn't a hypocrite. Um. Uh. Oh. Tristan, yeah. <laughs> Chris, I'm just—it's all in fun. Uh, Tristan, what did you think about yeah. uh, Restless? 
Yeah, it was um, better than I anticipated it being. Like, it, de- it definitely did catch my attention the entire time. And But, like, I was just so frustrated because I kept thinking, like, dude, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, why is this your solution? You know, there's just so many better ways you could have handled that whole thing. <laughs> oh, when he when he fucking when he slams into the cop car. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's a solution. <laughs> yeah, man, it was just like you know, it was entertaining. I, I give it a middle of the road tasted, but like it's 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 not a bad movie by any stretch, and it's it's not a good movie, but it, it definitely is entertaining seeing seeing like the the genre switch because it's like yeah, like it seems serious, but it's like dude, like. Anybody who's trained in or has any sort of skill set or or any type of intelligence or anything like is not going to fucking do this. <laughs> it's it's just like how the, like how the hell is this his his method of doing uh, X Y Z? I don't want to say what it is because I just yeah. I think I think those revelations are what make it good. Just seeing the stupid decisions this guy keeps making, <laughs> the the hole he keeps building for himself. Uh, Jake, what did you think about Restless? Yeah, it's a middle of the road taste it for me too. I, I agree. Um, I was never bored during this movie. Um, I just found everyone just so unlikable in this movie. I mean, it's like shitty cops, even shittier cops and even shittier cops than those cops. And I mean, there's no one to root for in this movie. And, um, but besides that, it, it, it was pretty entertaining. I thought it was filmed very well. And, uh, yeah, it, it kept me entertained enough. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot of just shitty people and shitty, you know, like, like, you know, like, that's the thing about, uh, Peacemaker. Like, most of those people are pretty shitty too. Even Peacemaker started off pretty shitty. This movie. I agree, but it's a bit of a redemption story. I was just gonna get to that. I wasn't done. I wasn't done. There's no redemption for this guy. Um, I was <laughs> at the just. End of the day, he's still a shitty cop. I know, but at the end of the day, I didn't care. I still had fun watching this shitty cop trying to get himself out of this shitty fucking situation. Um, in no way is this ever going to be a Tupperware, but mm-hmm. I, I had fun watching it. I'm not going to lie. And like, who said that like parts of it are like a comedy? And that's like, it was like some of this is yeah. so over the top and ridiculous that it yeah. made me enjoy it that much more because it's like. Yeah, if you're going to make this fucking movie, just be stupid. Because a lot of it was just some dumb decision making. And, oh, I, I I did have fun watching it. I'm not going to lie. I was dying when um, I don't, I don't want to say what it was. But the thing that he uses to get something across, when it started making the noise. <laughs> <laughs> It's an it's an accidental high taster. Like I don't like if it hadn't have been funny, it would have just been a taste. I agree. Oh, I'm laughing at this so much. Yes, it didn't take itself so seriously that you were bored. Yeah. So like all this fucking just bizarre shit happening just bumps my rating up a little bit to so that high yeah. taste it because I, I did have fun watching this thing. So uh, final thing in good pop bad pop. Uh, that I wanted to talk about uh, is a docu series that dropped on Netflix, uh, Race Bubba Wallace, and it uh, looks back on the events of 2020 and follows the driver through his 2021 season. This is a NASCAR driver and changing NASCAR landscape, a change he is uh, helping to create. And um, yeah, man, this is. I wanted to watch this because this is. I'm a, you know I'm a Michael Jordan fan, and this is Michael Jordan's driver. And, um, and, uh, man, um, I'm through four episodes right now on this one. Uh, it dropped on Tuesday 
And I don't, man, I don't watch NASCAR. But if after watching four episodes of this, um, I actually I think the show does a really good job of kind of explaining like, you know, they talk about like most people see it and they don't appreciate it for what it is because they just see cars going around in circles. And then they're talking about like, you know, they're 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 really getting into like specifics on like where they need to be on the track to speed their car up and where, you know, like where um another driver if another driver is directly behind you and like different air pockets that'll speed you up and shit and i'm just like i had no idea that this is a part of nascar i just it thought you fascinating yeah i just thought you drive a car really fast and they use lasers you know i i had no idea that there's all this other there's all these other things going through and then like it takes you through the different tracks that he runs um i i was kind of like blown away by like the bristol dirt track and like how challenging that seemed um and then it it gets into a lot of uh his um uh work with uh black lives matter after um you know what we've seen going on in the in the country and, and recently and how he stepped up and and um started to voice his opinion and and then uh the banning of the confederate flag in nascar and um a lot of the a lot of the stuff that he has to deal with i'm just thinking like this sounds like stuff like you'd ha- you'd think would happen in the 50s and 60s why is this still ha- why why is he finding a noose in his garage this is insane but this is kind of, I think like NASCAR is like that last kind of like holdout, you know, like they've always, mm-hmm. that's part of their, you know, they feel like that's part of their heritage and, and, you know, don't, don't take away the, the Confederate flag and all this stuff. And, but then it turns into like this, this, all this hate on this, on this one, on this one driver. And, and it's crazy. There's only been four, uh, black drivers throughout the history of NASCAR. I'm just like, what? I, you know, like I couldn't, like before the, you know, before this, like I couldn't have told you any of them. Mm-hmm. Because and yeah. honestly, I don't know too many white drivers. I just don't follow NASCAR. You know what I mean? It's, it's not my thing. My uncle was a big fan of NASCAR. And, um, my uncle was at the race where, what's his name? The big, the big driver. Dale Earnhardt? Dale Earnhardt. My, my uncle was at that race where he died. Jesus. Oh wow! Yeah, my uncle was a huge NASCAR fan. Um, loved NASCAR, but uh, and he was at that race, and that was his driver. He loved that guy. But I don't follow it, man. But like, if it, if anything ever gave me a reason to want to follow it and root for somebody, it's this documentary, and it's Bubba Wallace, man. I this guy, he, I just think he's a cool fucking guy, mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool that Michael Jordan kind of like opened this up for for some people, man. It's just like. I didn't. I didn't know Michael Jordan was into this. I knew he was into to golf and baseball, but I didn't know that he did motocross when he was a kid. Yeah. And, and he really got into you know, um, you know, fast sports like this, man. And I think it's really cool that Michael Jordan, you know, bought into a team. And um, I Tupperware this so far. I can't wait to watch the last two episodes. And I've actually got an update on on some of this stuff here at the end that I'll talk about here. But um, Chris, what do you think about Race Bubba Wallace? Yeah, I gotta give it a Tupperware just because of. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I'll, I'll like make jokes of like raise hell, praise Dale every once in a while, but I could give less than a shit about NASCAR most of the time. Um, but like, 
like just the parts on the like the discussion of the quality and the sport and just in American general, it's like it's like must see TV. Like when he is show, reading the text to the newscaster from his mom, I was like, I lost it. Like, man, that is that is some deep, like like hardcore stuff that like everybody just needs to be aware of in yeah. this country. Um, but the NASCAR stuff is just like I was just like, oh, this. I should be interested in this, but I just can't. But like everything I, else, just yeah. like pushes me through it. I got no, even the NASCAR stuff, kind of like I I got more into it just hearing about mm-hmm. it because, you know, not, I mean, this is what he does. This is. You know, mm-hmm. and if it, this is what he does, and it's like you, and and you want him to stand out in this, in, in amongst all the other racers, because if he's good, then it legitimizes that he has a place, yeah, in NASCAR. It's not just yeah. a, it's not just a white sport. You yeah. know, I mean, um, Danica Patrick is doing it for the ladies, like she's in there racing against the men and stuff like that. My, this, this legitimizes him being in the sport. You, I want him to do well. And, um, man, I'll be honest, like, dude, there's, I think, I think in that first and second episode, a lot of the footage and a lot of the stuff that they talked about, I'm fucking in tears. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, yeah. It, so, um, but I was even, I was, I was even amazed by the NASCAR stuff. I, I was, him just fucking all the stuff that they have to deal with. Like you're watching this race and then all of a sudden one person makes the wrong move and then you're seeing like fucking 10 cars in a crash and cars are flipping over. Cars are catching on fire. Like this is fucking insane. Like I usually only see like this in like the highlights. You know what I mean? Like when you're Mm -hmm. watching like ESPN, they'll be like, Oh, they'll show part of a race and you see like this big crash. Here they're talking about it. We're, we're getting to hear like what his guy's telling him in his ear, you know, and that Bristol race where it's a dirt track there. He said that there's like, it's a fucking dust bowl and you can't see anything. So you're relying on what they're telling you. And he said, there's a certain part of the track where like the sun is blinding you. You can't see nothing. I'm just like, Oh my God, this is dangerous as fuck. You know, that's the thing. There's certain sports like basketball, football. I mean, it's dangerous, but usually people don't die in yeah. a basketball game. Very yeah. uncommon. You know, it's like, it's like NASCAR. You can die fucking surfing. I guess a shark could eat you, but I think, and, a lot of, I think surfers take a lot of injuries. Surfers have to, man. I'm sure that they fucking like that water can fucking drown them or whatever. I don't know, man. It's just fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Anyway, Tristan, what did you think about Race Bubba Wallace? Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a very captivating um, four episodes that I watched. I haven't com- uh, completed the entire thing, but the first four, um, I want to say, like, uh, the first one was about a high taste for me, and then it just turned into a Tupperware in the subsequent episodes. I really liked how it was shedding light on the inner workings of NASCAR and and how skilled you have to be to be on those teams, like the guy that's, you know, the guy who's just putting on the freaking rear tires, like the best yeah. Yeah. rear tire guy in the, <laughs> you know, probably, you know, the world or something like that. But it's, uh, you know, how you have to kind of put together your team and everyone has their place and everyone has to do everything within a certain number of seconds. And then the driver, you know, who has to have certain skills, like, like you're mentioning earlier, Brian, just, knowing their surroundings and, and those air pockets and things that can mm-hmm. make you go faster and all that. It's like, 
it's way more cerebral than I thought it was. Like, yeah. It's way more involved. And it's amazing how safe those cars are, too, because yeah, I don't know if you saw the the uh, episode or Bubba's talking about how he's in that crash and the cars are just flying all around him and fire everywhere. And he just has a deadpan on his face. Yeah. He's like, fuck, I'm losing is- this race. When is this going to be over? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I got a really good appreciation for, um, for Bubba Wallace too, because, you know, he's like a, he's like a light skinned black guy that if he just kept his head down and been quiet, like he'd be fine, but he didn't have, you know, he didn't have to speak out the way that he yeah. was like, he could just blend in with them really well if he wanted to. Um, but, and so it was like very courageous to see that he was taking those stances when, no one was really calling for it but himself. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like people were pressuring him to do it or anything. Yeah. Like, it's, it was just like something he felt he had to, you know, he had to do. And I thought it was, um, you know, his mom as a support system was very powerful to see as well, you know. And and another part that really um, um, caught me, too, was when he was talking about how the NASCAR um, commissioner guy, how he cried when yeah. he saw the noose. And it's like that tells you, like, man, that like NASCAR really does give a fuck. Yeah, you know, like it's it really let me know that not everybody is what the NASCAR, um, I guess, uh, the NASCAR stereotype is. You know, so yeah. that's that was pretty cool to see too. So yeah, um, overall, so far it's a it's a tough one. Yeah, I can't wait to finish the last two episodes. It's just like, um, because because <laughs> you know I'm waiting. Because we've seen like his, we've seen like his ups, and now like I think by when you're getting into like episodes three and four, you're starting to see some of the downs, mm-hmm. and um, and so I'm ready for it to kind of like go back up. You know, I need that. I need I need that for this guy by the end of this, by the end of this series. Jake, what did you think about uh, race Bubba Wallace? And I love yeah, the, I- the title. The title too. It, it's two different things. The title is just genius. Race. Because he's a NASCAR driver, but race also because he's a he's in a he's a black man in a predominantly white sport. I think it's just a brilliant, simple title. Title. Yeah, the, the title is very very smart. Um, yeah, this was the highest of Tupperwares for me. Uh, I'm like you guys. I'm not the biggest NASCAR guy, but Bubba Wallace kind of entered my radar back in uh, summer of 2020. When he did that CNN interview with Don Lemon and, you know, called for the banning of the Confederate flag from NASCAR. And I was just so inspired by how brave he was to just go right on, a, you know, the national news and make that kind of statement. Like you guys said, no one was really like calling for it. But I mean, he didn't have to do that. And even like his wife didn't know he was going to do that. I mean, it was COVID time. So he was doing a Zoom interview for CNN. And after it, he came downstairs and his wife was just like, basically, holy shit, you opened mm-hmm. up a giant can of worms. And uh, yeah, like you guys said, there was multiple times in these four episodes that I was just like crying tears. Like I, I it just makes me so sad that people justifiably have that kind of fear in their lives for their children because of events that have happened and just knowing that in 2022 that kind of mentality still exists and that you know people fear for their child's lives just going on vacation or going from point a to point b like it's just unfathomable to me and it it just really breaks my heart and um god i think bubba wallace is just such a hero and yeah easily my my favorite nascar driver um i can't wait to watch the rest of this series i Mm -hmm. i I thought it was very enlightening. Um, 
Yeah, it, it was just so much fun. It was cool that the whole thing started from just like a fake news article too. I thought that was really oh insane. the the Jordan the Jordan purchase yeah. uh, Jordan yeah, and the yeah. other guy yeah and, and and just the guy sending the text and and then the next thing you know he's on a fucking plane and meeting up with Jordan and the shit's gonna be for real. I I thought that was just just mind blowing and. Oh man, I thought the interview that he did with his fellow friend NASCAR driver was another moment that just brought me to tears. Like he'd known this guy for his whole life. Like I think he said since he was 11 and he'd never heard any of these stories or any of these things that Bubba had to deal with or any of the things that kind of formed his life that happened to his family while he was growing up. And just like, I thought it was really cool for, um, him to put himself out there and, and get Bubba to talk about those kind of things. And, uh, yeah, this really, like when I saw this was on the list, I was like, Oh man, I, you know, I really hope this touches on like the civil rights aspect of it all. And man, it, it really doubles down on that stuff. And I, th- I thought it was really well produced and really great. Yeah. And, and I agree. I, I also really learned a lot about NASCAR. I, I did not roll my eyes at the NASCAR stuff. I, I thought it was, fascinating like how you would catch on to cars that would like kind of push you yeah and, just the, and the, then parts of the track where um the drivers have been running around hot parts of the track and cool parts of the track whether it'll mm-hmm. speed you up or slow you down yeah tracks that have existed longer than other tracks yeah there's more nicks and grooves and they're more beat up and i, w- I was really fascinated I- i'm the guy that makes the turn left jokes too so this really <laughs> kind of made me eat crow a little bit yeah a lot of the science and physics involved with nascar and honestly gave me a respect for the sport that i don't think i've ever had in my entire life man this would make definitely who would you want to play bubba wallace in a in a biopic oh that's a good question i hadn't thought about i think it'd be a fantastic movie man oh yeah oh oh i agree i agree I can't on the top of my head. I can't think of who who it should be. Did you watch the Elvis trailer, the new Baz Luhrmann? I did. I did. Yeah. I am allergic to Baz Luhrmann movies, <laughs> but um, as far as that goes, mm. it, it looked like one of his better ones. I, I, yeah. I'm excited to see. I'm not a Baz Luhrmann guy either, but man, it's an Elvis movie. I'm going to watch it. And I like the 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 actors actually. From uh, I watched him in the Shannara Chronicles. I th- I hope he does good in this. So it looks good. Yeah. Um anyway, I here's a little update on Bubba Wallace. I I was uh, following you know, I was following the All-Star game uh last week. I was watching the, you know, All-Star weekend and everything and then I watched the All-Star game. Um this is I read this in Yahoo News. Jordan was seen attending the race in Daytona Beach, Florida and conspicuously uh, was conspicuously absent from a pregame photo with the 75th anniversary team. So every, you know, they had the NBA at 50 and now they got the NBA at 75. So then they, they list like the 75 greatest players of all time in each position, not, not in each, they get 75 total, but they have different, um, players for each position. Um, which caused some to believe that he had chosen Daytona over the NBA's event. The race ended around 6.48 p.m. Eastern, about an hour and a half before the All-Star game was set to tip off. Attending the All-Star game would have required Jordan to sprint from Daytona International Speedway to an airport, take a private jet, and head straight to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse before halftime ended, which is probably just what he did because he 
here he is on the red carpet, the final player on the team to be announced. All in all, an eventful day for the Chicago Bulls legend. He had a fairly successful day at the track as well, with his driver, Bubba Wallace, finishing second behind rookie Austin Sendrick. So Bubba Wallace finished second on that day, which is really cool. And then... Mm-hmm. It was awesome seeing Jordan show up at the fucking 75th anniversary team. Uh, did anybody watch any of the All-Star game? Yeah. Did you watch the halftime with when, well, God, when Jordan came out, I was just like, Oh my God. I loved it. <laughs> and then he fucking, he fucking showed up and, um, Rodman is already out there and he fucking came over and gave Rodman a hug and man that, and Rodman was wearing a bull's cap, which was awesome. And he gave Rodman a hug. And um, it was nice seeing him give Rodman that hug. I really like that man. Where was Scottie Pippen? Scottie Pippen, he didn't. He he um he had something filmed, and he was just waving to the fans on the big screen. Mm. And I heard that he showed up because he didn't show up because Jordan was there. And the, he's been saying some shit about Jordan over the past few yeah. months. <laughs> and he had that. Like, didn't he have like a tell-all book come out? I won't read it. I think so. Yeah, but. Yeah, man. Fucking all-star game was, oh my God, worst dunk contest ever on Saturday. <laughs> oh, I saw that on Twitter. Just everyone was ripping on it. it I, Jake, I've seen some bad dunk contests, but there's always like a few dunks that kind of stand out at the end of the night. You know what I mean? This every single fucking dunk was garbage. Like I watched like, you know, it's fucked up because I just watched the Bulls play on Thursday and Javante Green had a dunk during that game that would have beat everybody's dunk during this contest. <laughs> oh yeah, what's God. up? Are people afraid to get hurt? Or no, it's I, just I think like they they, just fucking suck. It's it's you got you got guys in you've got better guys you got better dunkers that could show up for this and I honestly felt like for the longest time they should offer up a million dollar purse to the winner and that would get bigger mm. names to enter the dunk contest. That would get bigger names to enter the dunk contest if they had, cause like, you know, you had Zach Levine who entered years ago and he fucking was awesome. But like, you know, now, now, you know, he's won the dunk contest. It's like, why, why, you know, why do it again? You know, I know like Dominique won a couple times and, but it's like, once you do it, you know, you don't see. Yeah. Aside from what? Kobe, Dwight Howard, there haven't been that many. Right. Well, Vince Carter. Vince, you know, dude. Mark, that was the Marky best. names, yeah. That was the best dunk contest. I think Vince's dunks were the best I've ever seen. That's the best dunk yeah. contest I've ever seen in my life. Year. That, uh, that, wasn't that 2000? I was, uh, with the arm in the net. Yes. It was, 19, it was like 1999 or 2000, one of those. I remember when he ran up from behind the backboard. Yeah. God damn. That was the best dunk. His head almost hit it. Mm -hmm. He's the best dunker I've ever seen in the game. Best dunker I've ever seen in the game, in my opinion. Anyway, I'll I'll stop talking basketball. I apologize. Um, You guys want a break? Yeah. That'd be cool. Break it up. We'll be right back. We are the nightmare. And if you don't join the Pop Culture Leftovers Patreon... We will eat both of your arms and then both of your legs. And then we will eat your face right off your head. You will be this armless, legless, faceless thing we want you. Rolling down the street like a turd in the wind. Head over to Patreon.com and join now for only $6 a month. 
right, hey, we are back. We're back, Jake. Yeah, it was a good break. It was a good break. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Chris, did you enjoy your break, sir? Did you get did you get I, the did you get the typies out? I did, and I also I had to go to the bathroom really bad, and I was really counting on Jake to ask for one earlier. Mm-hmm. Didn't so it was, <laughs> it was it was a nice brief. Chris just pissed himself. <laughs> I uh, did. You did. You did. <laughs> you did. Did you do Did you do today's wordle? I haven't done it. Oh shit! Better do it. do it. Don't do it now. I'm not going to do it now. I'm, I I I failed my first wordle yesterday. So oh, does a wordle ever have dirty words? I wish. Oh, that's a thing that somebody should jump on is dirty words for work. Like the, I mean, there's only so many. Yeah, you would run out. Throw one in every now and again. Yeah. Every, you can get, <laughs> get sort of creative. Do it in different languages. Oh, wait, no, that wouldn't work. Never mind. It'd be crazy if, like, I just, at the beginning, first word, I just put in pussy and I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this day would come. I put in my first word for two years. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys have, like, a strategy? Do you use the same word every day or do you try to? I some a lot most days I do use the same word. Sometimes I will switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. What's the word you use at the beginning? I'll go with like beast. I go with steam. Yeah. Because like it's like e and e is like the most common letter mm-hmm. I think. Of like so it's like yeah it's got to be in there. But then it's never ended. It's gotten a bit harder since it went with New York Times or whatever. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan of the whole New York Times thing. I like. Yeah. Yeah. I like it when it's more intimate. But yeah, you that was a cool story behind it though that it was like apparently yeah. invented by a guy for his girlfriend, right? Oh I I knew there was like a story. Games. I didn't know that was it. Huh. It sounded like a it was a guy his he knew his girlfriend loves world word games and then that's just where it came from. Now she's that's that's something I might have made up too. I hope she likes money too, because he got a fuck ton <laughs> of it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, he got paid. Um all right, guys, it's time for the uh, Pop Culture Leftovers News. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a leftover news and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangsta as fuck, yo. It's gangsta as fuck, yo. Dude, we got th- that bumper. You got a guy saying, this news is gangster as fuck, yo. I love that <laughs> bumper. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, man. Not too many cursing bumpers. Not too many of them, Jake. <laughs> I'm, on this show, there's plenty. I know, I know. I'm saying in general, there's not too many cursing bumpers. No, no. We've got the market on that. Yeah, we've cornered the market on that. News from Dark Horizons. I don't know how I'm excited, how excited I am about this one. Shout Factory has big plans for ALF. Shout Factory has reportedly acquired distribution rights to the ALF franchise in a multi-year partnership with Alien Productions. Included in the deal are exclusive U.S. rights spanning digital, broadcast, and home entertainment packaged media for all 102 episodes of the famed puppet-fronted NBC late 1980s sitcom, along with all episodes of the animated ALF, the animated series ALF Tales, and the telemovie telemovie Project ALF. In addition, Shout is planning to develop new ALF-related content. And also launch digital media initiatives and domestic syndication and streaming, electronic sell-through, and VOD. They are also playing an aggressive rollout of pop culture content related to ALF later this year. Jake, do you remember when ALF had his own uh, uh, talk show? I do. Yeah, Dude, was, That was pretty recently. Uh, recently as in 20 years ago. <laughs> okay, okay. We're getting old, Jake. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ugh. I mean, that wasn't that on Nickelodeon, Nick at Night or whatever. I feel like it was on Nick at Night late at night, and they tried to have it roll out with the, the other talk shows and stuff like that. I maybe watched one episode of it, and I was like, okay, I'll stick with Jiminy Glick. Jiminy Glick is a little <laughs> bit funny. I think there was only like four or five episodes to begin with of it. I don't remember. I didn't. I, I think I watched one, and I just wasn't kind of like, all right, I'm not eight years old anymore. I don't know. Project it's, Golf is one of the worst yeah. things to ever exist. Never seen it. <laughs> Did you have a, did you get Alf cards, Jake? Did you get Alf cards when you were a kid? Uh, I did get Alf cards. I, I I had the Alf toys that Hardee's gave away as well. I believe I still have a few of those, hmm. like the Alf plushes. <gasps> yeah, I remember those. Yeah. I believe they were hand puppets. Uh, Hardee's used to get some of the best shit. I remember the the Gremlins books with the oh, records. With the records, but oh, do you remember man. when they had uh, shirt tails? Plush figures, uh, plush oh, yeah. dolls. I, I still have some of those too. Oh god, I used to love shirt tails, dude. Yeah, shirt tails was fucking shirt awesome. tails was the fucking shit, dude. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about unless you're a fucking. <laughs> uh, I'm always I'm jealous of you guys because you guys got to be around for those like original Transformers toys. I remember my brother having those. I still have it's mine. Like those. Ah, I'm so jealous. Yeah, I still got They're my. So awesome. I got Galvatron, Ironhide, Hot Rod. I, I used, just have my star screen. That's the only one I still have. I used to have Megatron. Oh. Yep. I used to have Megatron. One. I had Megatron. Yep. I had Megatron. I don't, I used to have Optimus Prime too. I don't have my Megatron or Optimus Prime anymore. Yeah, Jetfire was my favorite as a kid because the show like mm-hmm. made him out to be like such a like legend of lore that I mm-hmm. just like that really stuck with me as a kid. So he, even though Optimus was supposed to be the leader, like Jetfire was the leader of everything for me. Mm, yeah. Is there any Transformers news happening? Wow. What, what's going on, guys? Sorry. I, I interrupted Tristan. Yeah, what's up, Tristan? Oh, I was just going to say, I had, I was weird as a kid and I had more GoBots than Transformers. Oh, Ooh, God. Sweet. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, man. What, what did you do wrong as a kid, Tristan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently a lot of stuff. I could see Tristan handcuffed to the radiator as a kid playing with his GoBots. <laughs> I remember GoBots had like a whole run where all of them turned into fucking rocks and boulders. And I just remember thinking yeah. this is the stupidest fucking thing ever. Those were oh, those were terrible. Rocks and boulders. Yeah. <laughs> I probably got them because my parents saw they were cheaper or some shit. <laughs> 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 You'll never know the difference. I wish I wish Transformers would have went to war with them and had a commercial, and they were like, you know, like when when Sega went after Nintendo, and if they would <laughs> they would have been like GoBots, more like NoBots, play with Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Rocks. Is, is there any Transformers news on the horizon of like Bumblebee sequel or anything? Oh yeah, uh, the they're, they're doing the Beast Wars movie. They're actually doing quite oh. a few movie projects. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Is Michael Bay involved? Uh, might be a producer. It doesn't matter. If he's a producer, big deal. He, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, um, uh, he's not going to be directing. They got a new director yeah. for it. So if he, if, if they take like some of the elements from his movies and put them in this, then yes, he'll be listed as a producer. Will he have had any influence on the current movie? No, he's just listed as a producer. I don't okay. sometimes like Zack Snyder was listed as a producer on um the Wonder Woman movie. 
Why? Because he yeah. he was the one who cast Wonder Woman and Batman v Superman. Did he yeah. do any work on Wonder Woman? No. So, I, it, it, same thing with Transformers. Nolan, I think, was a producer on Man of Steel. Exactly. Nolan was a producer on Man of Steel. Mm. Yep. So, all right. Yeah, ALF. Jake, are you excited for new ALF content? Uh, probably not. I mean, the problem is everything since the sitcom has been just total garbage. So, and I don't know. I, I'm a little bit tired of the super meta route when we're bringing, like, back these classic sitcoms. So, I really don't want to see that. Uh, I don't know. I, I can. I'm fine with Alf being dead forever. <laughs> Did he die? <laughs> uh, no, he was. He was being held captive by the government. Last we saw him in oh. Project Alf. Hmm. Oh man, I, I want to see a documentary on what the fuck happened with that actor that played Willie. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm way more interested in the further adventures of Willie than Alf. Oh my god, that guy! They fuck, there's pictures of him fucking. I think he was prostituting himself for drugs. Oh god. Oh yeah, correct. Shit. Yeah. So I was wondering. Was like, wasn't that guy like something happened with him? Willie, stop sucking that guy's <laughs> Willie. <laughs> Isn't he dead? Yeah, he died. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought oh, so. Yeah. Probably. So we'll, we'll have to recast him. Uh, it's fucked up, man. <laughs> all right. That's all I got for news this week. Shit. <laughs> Did I miss something? No, it's just that. I'm just laughing at how about this horrible fucking tragic ending to Willie and how he's whoring himself out and Jake's just like, oh, we're going to have to recast him. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he's dead. No, I think that they... What the fuck did... I think that they should incorporate the real-life story of the guy that played him as, like, the outcome of what happened with Willie. It could be edgy, like the new... new, Prince, Fresh Prince. Oh, God. I love Bel Air. Oh, yeah. Give Alf the, the Bel Air treatment. Yeah. That, that yeah. might be interesting. Dude, yeah. Tristan, the new episode came out this week. It's really good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm really into it. I'm really digging Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I feel like that guy has some secrets. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, he's hard. <laughs> we got hardcore Jeffrey. Yeah, he can get you killed for the right price. <laughs> yes, he can. <laughs> uh, and I'm liking, I'm hoping that I'm shipping fucking uh, Jazz and Hillary. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. I like it. Um, guys, let's move on into uh, this week's Marvel news. news. Alrighty, uh, what do we got here? News from Dark Horizons, Netflix's, uh, I said alrighty. Um, you like Ace Ventura. Alrighty then, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Weird. I haven't watched Ace Ventura in a long time. I remember, like, the only thing I remember about the second one is the beginning where they, like, redo the cliffhanger scene, but with a raccoon. Oh, yeah. I don't think the second, the second one doesn't really hold up very well. It's almost kind of mildly racist at this point. Oh, I haven't yeah, seen I it. Know. I would have thought the most memorable thing from the second was the rhino. Yeah, the rhino. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. 
Uh, Netflix's Marvel series set Disney Plus launch, question mark? An apparent Canadian press release has reportedly indicated that Marvel television series created for Netflix are making the move to the Disney Plus service. Empire and Screen Rant report that a March 16th date has been set in Canada for Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Punisher, and The Defenders to begin streaming on the Disney Plus service. All six shows are already confirmed to be leaving their home on Netflix globally from March 1st. Like much of the rest of the world outside the U.S., Canada has a star section on the Disney Plus service for more adult content fare. It's not clear from the release if these shows will be under that section and or incorporated into the Marvel section. It is not yet confirmed that the shows will arrive on the same day in other countries. There are also lingering questions about the mature content in said shows and concerns over potential editing. What do you think? What do you think? Okay. I personally think that <laughs> I personally think that they'd be better served. I don't want them to edit it. So if that's oh. the case, if they're going to be editing these shows and putting them on Disney Plus, I think that they should just drop them on Hulu. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, it's Hulu or nothing. Yeah. I, I don't want to see watered out versions of these show, shows. What's the, what's the point? I mean, it's pretty cool, though, that Disney Plus has the potential to have a show where Luke Cage is blowing out the back of Jessica Jones. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said, it. don't worry, it won't hurt me. That's what she said, so. I just don't. I don't see it happening. I don't see I can't see them putting that up on Disney Plus. And they, they, if they do, they've got to put, like, there has to be a separate, like, adult section that they have to add in there. Hopefully that's where they'll add Moon Knight. God damn it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how mature that show gets. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Hopefully uh, those shows will... I don't like the fact that they're just going to be in limbo. I want them to drop somewhere, and I want them to drop... I am worrisome if if they're going to drop on Disney Plus and they're going to edit that shit, man. I don't want to have to... Because you can't get all those seasons on 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 Blu-ray and DVD. Like they only, I think they only released like the first season of uh, of Daredevil on on DVD and Jessica Jones. They didn't release every season of every show. That's absolutely correct. It's just those two seasons. Yeah, on physical media, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be like that's. In order to be able to watch these the way that they aired on Netflix, the way you were able to stream them on Netflix, you have to get these DVDs. And then as far as like the second and the third season for Daredevil are concerned, you're shit out of luck. You got to watch the watered down version on Disney Plus. Just drop it on Hulu if you're going to be pussholes. Oh, yeah. I mean, prepare for pirating, too, if that's what you end up doing. If you try to erase the show's matureness and yeah. you don't have that available anywhere, in the next 10 years, it's going to be one of the most pirated series of all time. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, and I'll buy it. I'll buy, I'll, buy, I'll buy it on Blu-ray if somebody's selling it at a convention. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, news from Inverse.com. I don't know. Take this with a grain of salt. World War Hulk leads... Leaks allegedly reveal Marvel's jaw-dropping crossover plans. So anyway, they, in this article, they talk about uh, the Hulk appearing in the upcoming She-Hulk series, and then the article goes on to say, uh, but She-Hulk isn't the only Hulk-centric project that Marvel Studios is said to be 
developing right now. Their mysterious World War Hulk project has been rumored to be in the works for months now and is said to be a film adaptation of the World War Hulk comic book story. While Marvel has yet to confirm the project, the rumors have nonetheless captured the attention of comic book readers. In a recent 4chan post, an anonymous user posted a number of alleged details about Marvel's still unconfirmed World War Hulk adaptation. I want to point. I, I wanted to point out that the the 4chan post is now gone. Mm. <laughs> That's always an interesting kind of tell. Sometimes, Jake. Like, but here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the th- okay. We do know that there's a, a rumor from my time to shine. Hello, that at the end of the She-Hulk series, that the Hulk is going to be shipped off planet. I mean, but. Just is is this rumor just spinning out of that? But and how would they do a World War Hulk movie? Two movies? They're talking about two movies. This is going to be split into two movies, with the first following Ruffalo's Bruce Banner as he journeys into space to find his son Scar. The adaptation second half will allegedly feature appearances from multiple MCU heroes who come together to decide whether they should kill an out of control Banner before he causes too much destruction. Um, the second film's MCU heroes will apparently include She-Hulk, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Anthony Mackie, uh, Doctor Strange, Hawkeye, War Machine, Yelena Belova, Cersei, Black Knight, and several others. Additionally, the 4chan user claims that some of the film's heroes will die fighting Banner. I think that this is all bullshit. Oh, yeah. Well, it they're, really they're- does sound like make-believe. Go ahead, Tristan. Well, they're not making any solo Hulk movies to begin with. Exactly, right? because be like a, yeah, this would have to be like some kind of Avengers crossover or something. The only way that they make a, they would have to work out a deal with Universal at that point, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, and especially since like the whole split it into two movies thing makes no sense to me, since like some of the best parts have already been homaged in Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are we redoing that stuff? Because, like, the best part of the Planet Hulk Scar stuff was already just kind of, like, yep. nodded to in that movie. So yeah. it gives a shit. If this is true and we're going to do World War Hulk, then we send him off. Who cares about his adventures while he's off? Just show him coming back pissed. I think the in-between is pretty worthless at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can come out in a comic book or something. Yeah, exactly. The only way, Jake, Jake, what if they wanted to, and this, what if they wanted to make Disney Plus movies? I would like that. I think that's a cool idea. Would that count though? Because I know that Universal probably owns the the movie rights, but they don't, uh, do they own TV streaming rights and can you do a TV movie that does, does that not count under the deal? Whoa, 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 guys, one at a time. I think it still does count. I think Tristan kind of figured it out with what he was saying already. I think you just call it Avengers colon World War Hulk or MCU colon or whatever the fuck. I think you just kind of – if you have enough guest stars in it, then it's not a Hulk movie anymore and that's the cheat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because like what, – well, what they've been doing ever since like the Norton movie is just throwing him in other movies. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's still what's done here. Um, the World War Hulk story, you know, incorporates so many other heroes and characters. And I, I think you can cheat it that way. I, I'm not 100%, but I don't think they still can't do a Hulk movie, even if it's made for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I don't know how that works. It's like, you know, like a 
Hulk TV movie. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know how that works. I would think they still have the rights to that too. It would have to be a Hulk TV show that they split up into like, you know, multiple episodes. And I don't see that happening. Well, I think they're going to be using She-Hulk as a front for Hulk stories. I mean, basically. Oh, it definitely call, sounds that way. Yeah, you call anything She-Hulk and you can throw Bruce Banner in there and have his own storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you calling bullshit on this story? I am. I, I, I am too. And that's something I've always wondered, wondered about is like, can Marvel just make it into a TV show? I mean, like, that would be probably hugely expensive. But this, all this shit is expensive at this point. Yeah, but they're but. not, it's not movie level expensive. I don't still, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're putting movie budgets yeah. into these shows. Yeah. That would be kind I, of lame, I, though. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they just, I don't know how they buy it back. Like, how many years has it been since Universal made a Hulk movie? Doesn't, like, rights, like, go away after a while? I mean, the Edward Norton movie was still a Universal Hulk movie. Yeah. That was, yeah. was that 2008? Mm, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that Universal has the same deal as um, the Spider-Man Sony situation, because I know Sony has to keep making Spider-Man movies uh, in order to retain the rights. Yeah, Fox was in that boat, too, with uh, Daredevil. Fantastic Four. And Daredevil. Yeah. And that's and how Daredevil. they lost the Daredevil rights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a rumor I got from stealthoptional.com. And they got, it's a leak that was reported on other outlets, but, uh, Spider-Man, this is what they're saying. Spider-Man will appear in Multiverse of Madness. Confirms Lego leak. Reported by the direct, a recent Lego leak has revealed a number of cameos in Multiverse of Madness. Uh, posted by online by Instagram Lego insider Brick Fanatics. The Swedish toy company will be releasing a massive 2,708-piece Sanctum Santorum set. The Lego set will allow customers to build an insanely detailed block replica of Strange's Sanctorum. Additionally, the set will be populated with a number of minifigs representing representing characters in the movie. Uh, according to the leak, minifigs include a number of characters already confirmed for the movie. These include three different versions of Doctor Strange, Wanda Maximoff, and Wizard and the Wizard Hater Baron Mordo. However, the set also includes <laughs> I know Wizard Hater. <laughs> that Wizard Hater. So stupid. <laughs> However, the set also includes characters not announced for the movie, including a much rumored version of Iron Man. Furthermore, at least one version of Spider-Man will be included as a minifig. While not a confirmation, this makes it very likely that both characters will turn up in the movie. Do you think that maybe Lego's just kind of capitalizing on the success of Spider-Man No Way Home right now? I don't know if... I don't think Spider-Man's going to be showing up in this. And Brian, that's exactly what I lean towards. I, I think there's precedence in that, too. There's um, You can see other Lego sets from other movies where they're just like, we want to include four more minifigs. And we're just throwing in other characters that weren't actually in the project but are still in that universe. And this even makes more sense than that since we just had a movie where Spider-Man was in the Sanctum. Like, you know, you can reenact both things, the Doctor Strange sequel and No Way Home. So yeah. why not throw in the Spider-Man figs too? I, to me, this is no confirmation that Spider-Man's in the movie whatsoever. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. You know the rumor that there's a rumor that Peter Parker's name is mentioned in Multiverse of Madness. And I got to think after the events of No Way Home that nobody remembers Peter Parker. So why would his yeah. fucking name be mentioned in the yeah. movie? 
Yeah, I, I think there's questions about like if people in outer space still know who he is, but in my in my opinion, Doctor Strange has no idea who he is anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was I was actually thinking that um, the fact that Sony allowed that Doctor Strange tease at the end of their movie makes me wonder if they do have some sort of involvement in the multiverse of madness, whether it's showing the Spider Verse or some shit like that. Yeah, I, I see the Spider Verse more likely than direct No Way Home references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I've seen rumors of like Tobey Maguire Spider Man appearing. Or That's what I've like seen that. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I don't even. I don't even need that. Either, I don't either. Honestly. There's so much seems, that we're gonna see in that movie. I don't need it. Yeah, it seems like a distraction from from really the stuff I want to see. Yeah. Uh, I I I feel like we will see him again, but I don't need to see him in Multiverse of Madness. Did you see the article this week that uh, Charlie Cox was sad because no one cheered at his premiere for No Way Home for him? <laughs> I it was saw all, that. It was like all, called Crickets or something. Yeah, it was all over the place. I felt so bad for him because, I mean, I, I saw the movie with Brian on opening night and mm-hmm. our crowd cheered for Charlie Cox. Yeah. And I saw it again two days later and that crowd cheered for Charlie Cox. I was like, man, you, yeah. you just got a fucking crowd that did not give a shit. Poor guy. <laughs> I know. Did Charlie see it on the second weekend or something? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But like, yeah, he said he was really upset that he just got no reaction whatsoever at his showing of the movie. He definitely didn't. He. It, it's like he. I. He had to have not gone to a fucking opening night. <laughs> yeah. I, um, my theater was so loud. I don't even know what the fuck was said in that scene. That's what I've heard from a lot of people, man. Yeah. 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 That's. I don't know. Yeah, man. I'm his like, exact quote was the theater was dead fucking quiet during the <laughs> Spider-Man cameo. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Like, sitting there, all like smiling and anticipating his thing. <laughs> what do you? Oh my god! What do you do? Like, what do you? Oh my, that's I so bet, horrible. I bet, just, I bet he just got up and left. <laughs> I don't. I don't blame him. Yeah, it does sound like he wasn't at opening night because his quote was, uh, I got so many text messages and so many calls about that moment. My nephew sent me a recording of everyone cheering. So I snuck into a movie theater near where I live and literally stood in the corridor. And sadly, my experience was was that it was dead fucking quiet. <laughs> I must have been the only one in the movie theater in America that was dead silent. And it was so packed. So it was really anticlimactic. Oh I was God. so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is His wife was with them and recording him because she thought it would be fun to have the everyone cheer. Oh no! And then tumbleweed. I want to see that video. I want to see that video too. Uh, he went through all that trouble to sneak oh, in, and apparently he could have just fucking walked in with an "I am Charlie Cox" shirt on and you know, went a shit. Oh my god! You know that her fucking pussy dried up, and she did not fuck him that night. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like that episode of Curb where like Lucy Liu saw Larry like fall. And yeah, dude. Wanted to have sex with him again. Totally, <laughs> totally emasculated him. <laughs> what, was was he in the UK or he was in the states? Because I know the UK is not as as rambunctious. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It does not say where he saw the movie. 
So, but oh yeah, poor guy. Oh my gosh, ah, oh, that's crazy. Um, I don't know about this next one. Check this out. This uh, this is oh yeah. Let's jump into this is DC news. Let's jump into DC news. Last night, Batman destroyed my vagina. And now the leftovers are going to destroy DC News. It's time for DC News, you fucking pieces of shit. All right, this is from Screen Rant. Recently, in a now-deleted tweet, Twitter user at the Ian Shaw revealed a prop newspaper he found on King Street in Glasgow that seems to suggest that more than just Keaton's Batman will be transplanted into the DCEU by the events of The Flash. The paper's headline reads, Lex Luthor jailed in Bell Reef prison. A reference to both Superman's notorious arch nemesis and the prison where Amanda Waller recruits vil- supervillains for Task Force X in the Suicide Squad. At the bottom of the photograph, we can see a second headline, which is partially obscured by a fold in the newspaper. It seems to read, A Comeback for Cobblepot, which is likely a reference to Oswald Cobblepot, a.k.a. the Penguin. The newspaper is an issue of the Gotham Globe. A fictional newspaper previously seen in Batman Returns, the paper's logo is the same as the one seen in the Burtonverse. The image can be seen, uh, and they had a Twitter link to this user, and it's been since deleted. Anyway, this image raises some questions about the future of Batman and Gotham in the DCEU. The presence of this Burtonverse newspaper in a DCEU film suggests that Keaton's Batman isn't the only aspect of that universe that will be incorporated into the DCEU. This could potentially open the door for other versions of other char- of characters from that con- continuity to return. DeVito's Penguin was killed towards the end of Batman Returns, but the fusion of universes might have created a new composite reality where the sewer-dwelling umbrella enthusiast survived. The comeback mentioned in the newspaper could even refer to the Penguin potentially returning from the dead. Oh, come on. Perhaps, oh, <laughs> give me a break, perhaps via one of Raja Ghoul's Lazarus Pits. Equally, the paper could be referring to a previously unseen DC, unseen DCEU version of the Penguin rather than the DeVito incarnation of the character. I would say it's the latter. It's a, an unseen DCEU version, or it's just a fucking paper that... I don't know. Like, how, can we, how seriously can we take this fucking newspaper? Not very seriously, um, but I'm not going to lie. My first thought of what I want to see is uh, I want to see Billy D. Williams actually be Two Face if that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, he got the yeah. didn't he get to play Two Face in the in that's an animated? Legal, he was, he, he was Harvey Dent. I know, I know. Like, but yeah. did I'm saying didn't he get to voice? I'm saying didn't he get to voice act Two Face in a um, what's that? Yeah, yeah, in Lego Batman. Lego Batman. In Lego Batman, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a great nod to use that continuity. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think this I don't I am not going to put too much stock in DeVito coming back as as Penguin. No. No. Not with what we got going on in the Matt Reeves movie. I, yeah. I don't think they Well, this is DCEU. This is the this is the this is the yeah. the flash. No, I, and, I realize, but I still think it's a distraction from yeah. what's going on in that movie. I I you know I don't see the DCEU using main characters from that movie right away in their movies. That that makes no sense to me. Well, HBO Max is also going to be promoting that Penguin series starring Colin Firth. 
So yes, yeah, yeah. but that is directly connected yeah. to the Batman. I, th- I mean, Meaning like, like I think they're not going to bring in a whole different Penguin when they're trying to put all their eggs into the the new one. I guess it's like, uh, let me. How do I? I'm trying to think because I know that like they use certain characters in in movies and they also use them in TV shows. They yeah, got, like you get that with the Flash. Flash, yeah, bit. the Flash, and then but that's such mm-hmm. a big headline character. Like we're talking about the Penguin here. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying yeah. he's a lesser character. I don't know. I, I just don't know if it's like, well, Penguin's off the table. You know, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I, just, I don't. I would. I haven't if seen I was them in charge. I would tell him Penguin's off the table. I'd be like, listen, you have one of the greatest rogues galleries in comic fucking history. Pick one of these other two hundred fucking characters. Yeah, I know. I, I mean. He, I mean, that's if yeah. you were in charge. I'm just saying, like, if I, – d- I don't know if that's kind of like – I don't know if that's something that Warner Brothers is putting out there, though, is, like, these characters, like, keep them on this side of the – of the DCL D- – like, the Elseworlds stories and, like, this stuff that's in the DCEU canon. We can't have these things kind of – we can't have two Harley Quinns or we can't have – I don't no, know. I agree. I agree. It's probably not off the table. It just, it just doesn't seem like a great idea. Um, I can see, like, obviously we're getting Michael Keaton. Obviously he's the same Michael Keaton that had a tuffle with Danny DeVito Penguin. I could see it just as an Easter egg on a newspaper. That's about mm-hmm. as far as I would go with it. Yeah, I don't, I, at the end, at the end of the day, I don't really care if we see him come back. I mean, I think it's, I'm just excited to see Dan, uh, fucking Keaton come back. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, news from Dark Horizons. Warner Brothers and Reeves talking about Matt Reeves here. Uh, already talking the Batman two, uh, with only a week to go before the global release. Director Matt Reeves has revealed that early talks regarding a sequel to the Batman are already in progress. Appearing at the London premiere of the film, Reeves spoke with the outlet The Independent about the movie when he revealed that preliminary discussion of another has already happened and is separate from the already announced HBO Max streaming series tie-ins. Reeves says, I really believe in what we've done and I'd be excited to tell more stories. We are already telling other stories in the streaming space. We're doing stuff on HBO Max. We're doing a Penguin show with Colin Farrell, which is going to be super cool. And we're working on some other stuff too. But we have started talking about another movie in separate interviews. Is the Gotham City Streets thing still happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, in separate interviews recently, he's discussed a few other things about the movie. First up, he told Den of Geek the project was always envisioned as a PG-13 film, so don't expect an unrated cut. Uh, there isn't some special cut of this movie where it's like, oh yeah, here's the R rating that you've been desperately wanting. I didn't have to suddenly start drastically cutting the movie or anything like that. He also tells Entertainment Weekly that the first film stands very much on its own and does not serve as mere setup for the next. You don't do a story and go, this is chapter one, because you might not get to do chapter two. So the story had to stand on its own. He also tells the outlet he borrowed influences from Hitchcock and Chinatown. And so Batman or Bruce is is in almost every scene in the movie with the story wedded to his point of view and experience. That has me excited. Mm. Yeah, that's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, that has me very excited. So, and I'm also, you know, God, that that I really hope. I, I think Matt Reeves is a fantastic director, and um, you know, I loved I loved what he did with the the Planet of the Apes movies. Those those last two. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, I'm I'm 
I am chomping at the bit to see this on Tuesday. I cannot fucking wait. I mean, I think yeah. they know they have something good on hand because, I mean, having this early fan screening, um, you know, all these reactions coming out weeks before the movie releases. And, you know, I think WB knows that they have something good here. And, and it's tracking really well, too. So yeah. I'm not surprised that they're actually green lighting the, the sequel. I'm going to I'm gonna call it right now. I think Uncharted's going to beat it next week. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh my god. I thought that was I thought that was so weird when they had the PlayStation logo. I wasn't expecting that. I forgot that it was a video game. And it came up in the in the opening. Yeah. Yeah, they showed like ratchet and clank and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, I mean if you watch like um uh what was it that um you see the WE logo pop up in like those wrestling movies. Like, what was that one with the, with Yelena below, not Yelena below, but Florence Pugh and she did the fighting with my family. Didn't oh, yeah, you, didn't yeah, you, yeah. wasn't there a WE logo that popped up there? And then you saw like the Sega logo pop up before the Sonic movie. Oh, didn't you right. even do the classic like Sega? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. But that yeah. one though, I felt like they had to, I would have been disappointed that they didn't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aren't they making a Ratchet and Clank movie? Isn't that a thing that's happening? I don't know. Yeah. We're getting The Last of Us, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's a TV that's series. HBO. That's a TV series on HBO Max. Yeah. Pedro Pascal, right? Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Oh, that trailer for the Nicolas Cage movie came out, and I was like, oh, man, I have to see this. Oh, the Nicolas Cage, Pedro Pascal movie looks really yes. fun. Yeah, that's been out for a while now. It has. The trailer's been out yeah. for a while, but it looks really fun. Yeah. It does look really funny. Yeah. All right, and I got one more story, and it's in Star Wars news. Hey, God! What a misunderstanding! You were supposed to be here with me, listening to Pop Culture Leftovers podcast. That's not true. That's impossible! Jesus, R2. God damn. <laughs> My God, that is ridiculous, Jake. I know, I know. <laughs> Fucking scream. Oh, my God. Ugh. Anyway, news from Dark Horizons. Watts to helm a secret Star Wars series? Spider-Man No Way Home director John Watts is rumored to be in talks to direct at least one episode of a new and unannounced Star Wars series for the Disney Plus service. Discussing Film issued the report indicating Watts has been invited to sit in the director's chair for at least one episode of the series that is apparently going to uh, going by the working title of Grammar Rodeo. Uh, John Favreau is said to be attached to. Well, what did they call? What did they call? Uh, what was the Last Jedi's working title? Wasn't it like Blue something? No, no, yeah. Blue. I'm thinking that of Blue Harvest. I'm thinking of yeah. I'm thinking. I'm getting it mixed up. Wasn't it? Sp- Space horse? I can't remember. Uh, they always have such goofy, yeah. like, make no sense titles. To have yeah, no, like they don't want anyone to draw any plot details from them, so they're right. always just very far removed from what anything that's going on. I just went with Blue Harvest, which was like the the most known. You know, that was the Earth that was Empire, Empire, I believe. Yeah, the Last Jedi was Space Bear. Space Bear, thank you. Space Bear, yeah. Uh, John Favreau is said to be attached to executive produce the new series, which is currently scheduled to start shooting this summer in Los Angeles and is believed to focus on a younger generation of heroes during the High Republic era 
two centuries before the prequels. Uh, the previously announced Star Wars, the Acolyte series is also set during the High Republic era and is currently in pre-production ahead of filming soon in the United Kingdom. But the one Watts has been linked to is said to be a different series, which is likely to be announced at Star Wars Celebration in May. Uh, then they go on and talk about the third season of The Mandalorian is nearly reportedly nearly wrapped production ahead of the Star Wars Ahsoka series shooting in Los Angeles this spring, which suggests this series, this new series would then take that studio space after Ahsoka wraps. A second season of Star Wars Andor is scheduled to begin production this fall in the UK. Watts' involvement in the project will depend on his schedule with the Helmer attached to the Marvel Studios Fantastic Four reboot. But if he's just directing one episode, he could probably fit that in. Yeah, I could see that. We see guys do that kind of thing all the time, where they, they get like a big name director to do the pilot, yeah. like while he's busy doing some other film project. Like, yeah. I, that's very plausible. Well, look at fucking James Gunn directed how many episodes of Peacemaker in between. The Suicide Squad and Guardians 3, like, it's insane how he was able to do that. Well, he says he's doing all of them for season two. Yeah, well, he's, wow. he said after he gets done with Guardians, he's going to focus more on TV. I read that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. What do you, what do you think a James Gunn Star Wars episode would look like? <laughs> um, Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> oh, I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just making a joke. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really want to see that, honestly. I don't think they'd let him do R-rated Star Wars. Otherwise, I kind of don't care. Uh, I don't want R-rated Star Wars. Um, no, I just, I'm curious. But like, well, I mean, you know, like we're going to get a, a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie, and it's just like I wonder what James Gunn would, would do with with Star Wars, you know, what would his... I know that Star Wars doesn't give you the, the same playground um, radius as like an MCU would, because, you know, you can do anything in the MCU, any genre, but I feel that when you get too far off of what Star Wars is typically known for, then everyone just complains. <laughs> or you get fired. Yeah. yeah, if you're Chris Lord and Phil Miller, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John Watts doing a, a star, you know, just directing an episode of a new Star Wars. I like it, I like it. I, I, I got a new appreciation for John Watts after uh, No Way Home. Yeah, same. Hopefully he carries that appreciation through Fantastic Four. He better. Oh, yeah. He I better. I a lot of faith in him after No Way Home. I mean, that that movie, I mean, that was a lot of, of the director doing the right thing. You know, that was not a fluke. And so, you know, I could see why he got the job for F4, and I hope I have a lot of, lot of optimism for that. Yeah. Yeah, you called it F four. It sounds like a fast movie. <laughs> like well, it's it's all about family, so yeah, <laughs> right. Oh God, would you guys want a Fantastic Four Jurassic Park crossover? Is that a no? Tough thing? Oh, people have talked about it. Yeah, because they're both owned by Universal. Oh shit! It should at least be like a, a, a like a ten minute short or something done. Like if. They're gonna like really like play with that. I would love but it. I don't know. You mean Fast and the Furious Jurassic Park crossover? Yes. Oh, okay. You said Fantastic Four. <laughs> I was so confused. Well, I didn't mean Fantastic Four. I meant Fast and Furious. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm way more like interested in that. I, I immediately know the Fantastic Four Jurassic Park crossover. No, I I don't know why I said Fantastic Four. I meant to say Fast and Furious. 
Yeah, I, I caught on when you said they were both universal. I was like, oh, well, that's not fantastic. I want fucking Tyrese to show up, like, riding a fucking Triceratops or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Like, the Brontosaurus like gets completely ramped off of. Yeah, man, like, fucking, like, yeah. what, Legolas when he fucking slid off that fucking elephant trunk. <laughs> exactly. These are just, like... Drive a fucking Dodge Charger off of a ramp and have the Dodge Charger just like fly into the face of a T Rex and then fucking fly out of its asshole. <laughs> I want to see a legal dinosaur raptor races too, like in some back seedy back lot somewhere. Uh, I'm actually all for this. I think it's like it's kind of like that '80s cartoon. Uh, was it Dino Riders or something? I love yeah, Dino sure. Riders. For sure. I was all about those. Those are great toys. Those are awesome fucking toys, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dino Riders. I know what toys this. sucked were the uh, original Jurassic Park toys. Where yeah, they, had, they like, did. One little piece of section that came out of their body, and you could, like, see their exposed rib cage. That was dumb. So fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that stupid. video game was so fucking hard. Oh, you guys were talking shit. about video games. You guys were talking about video games last week. It's like I was thinking of like oh, uh, that game was impossible. I had Jurassic Park for the Sega CD, and it was terrible. Oh yeah, every iteration of it was terrible. Uh, one of the newer games is actually really fun. They have like one where you actually create the park. That's a lot of fun. Have you ever played the arcade game when you're like yeah, in the car and shit? Oh yeah, yeah. Where it's like a gunner game. That's yeah, a lot of fun. Too. That's fun. All the Raptors running around and shit. Hard to do one of those wrong. Um, going back to James Gunn, is there any rumor of maybe giving him the DCEU? Or is that any talks at all? Oh, God, that would piss off a lot of people. Yeah, it would, I guess. I mean, it's like, at this point, he's like the only person I trust over there. When you say giving him, you mean like making him the head? Making like him like him, Kevin like Feige. What they, do, what they try to do with Zack Snyder. Like, yeah. Oh, um, I don't think he would necessarily be opposed to having more of a hand at DC because I think he likes DC a lot more than Marvel. I don't think his interest is in doing, like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman shit, though. I, I think he really is interested in doing these D-level characters and kind of elevating them to a new stratosphere. Well, I think if- DC is trying to follow Marvel in the sense that I think they're going to find their most success by taking characters that no one's attached to and making you care about them. Yeah. I think, like, what he was, you know, I think, like, the closest thing we're going to get to him doing, like, Superman is, like, his involvement with that Birthright movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But I would like to see him, you know, I would like to see him be the next director for a Harley Quinn solo movie. Hell yeah. That would be amazing. That's what I want. That is... Yeah, ab- that's, like, right at the level of where I want him to do. Like, anything more, like... A, a list in that I really wouldn't want to see. Like if 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 they fucking said okay you want to do you want to do that uh, I'd like to see him also work with Lobo I think. Um, oh, wow. oh god, that's perfect. Like whether Lobo shows up in another movie that he's doing or if he's doing a Lobo a Lobo movie I mean I mean give him give him yeah I mean there's there's some great characters that he could. I think like if you know like god damn it it I'd like to see him I'd like to see him um do something with Clayface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I've always wanted that Plastic Man movie and I, I think Gunn would be great with that too as well. Yeah, Plastic Man movie would be fun. 
it's just you got to get the casting right on that one you know yeah like jim Jim carrey can't do it anymore i'm sorry no no. i mean i mean he's he's still here but yeah he's he's well pushing six he just turned 60 i think yeah he turned 60 man that's wild he's still funny as ever though like anytime like you get like a bunch of comedians in a room together he's typically like the funniest guy there yeah he still has it and um I feel like um, he actually still kind of had a, a glimpse of his former self in the Sonic movie too, to show that like he hasn't really missed yeah. much of a beat. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna be seeing Sonic too, man. It looks like it's gonna be fun. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. All right, guys, that's all yeah. I got. Right, well, it's a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to convince yourself, Jake? Yeah, I, I think it's working. <laughs> I I like this new optimistic Jake we got. You got the Batman coming up. I know. Next week we're going to be talking. It's just going to be it's going to be a dedicated episode for the Batman next week. Awesome. Hundred percent the Batman. That's all we're going to be talking about. I'll probably. I definitely think I'll have seen it at least three times. At least if it's yeah. Even if it, I don't know. I'll at least see it three times. If it's fucking amazing, or it's it's like if it's the 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 like the best thing since fucking sliced bread, I'll fucking probably see it four if I can fit in yeah. a fourth. Yeah. Even if it's the worst thing since Batman and Robin, I'll see it twice. <laughs> I think I saw Batman and Robin twice. Oh God! <laughs> I don't think I ever saw it. Oh, I did. Oh, you need to. It's it's uh, so bad. It's good. Oh, it's yeah, terrible. You, you have fun watching that. It's fucking terrible. Yeah. yeah, I saw that in the theater. I saw it once and I was done. Yeah, me as well. Batman is Tuesday, right? Well, it officially comes out uh, like you know Thursday. But if you got okay. the the uh, IMAX fan event, it's Tuesday, and then the AMC Investors uh, is on Wednesday, and then general public is going to be on uh, on Thursday. Cool. Do you guys remember those crystal cups from McDonald's for Batman Forever? Yeah, I still have oh, yeah. them. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. I yeah, my favorite one is the like uh, Two Face one, where the handle is actually the coin being flipped over and over and over. Yeah, you, you just don't get shit like that um, fast food joints anymore. No, you don't. And you got like those contest things, like scratch off things. I feel like. Yeah, Am I remembering I, wrong? I, I love the scratch off things, like they yeah. used to have. Like you, you could potentially not win your free large fry if you scratch <laughs> the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man when we last moved the uh, batman crystal glasses were something that michelle suggested i throw away and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> i think it's ridiculous how how big those fucking um supersized fries used to be didn't they have a bucket of fries at one point oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, well they took away the word supersize altogether because, oh yeah uh, yeah the menu's gone the, fucking, the morgan spurlock supersize movie came out and that's when they did away with the supersize uh, yeah oh, oh not, not really i mean it's <laughs> It's like, it's just, uh, yeah, man, that's a too much, that's too much, that's too much food. <laughs> it just is. walking away from McDonald's with a bucket of fries. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old days. <laughs> the 90s. I worked, I worked at McDonald's and I remember, um, they, I was 17 and they told me that um, I needed to clean up something in, uh, in, in the, in the planasium that they had outside. And I get out there and the little kids tell me that, um, 
a kid had pooped <laughs> oh. out there. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to clean up some kid's shit. And so it was, it fell on a mat. And so what I did was I pushed the mat in and then popped it out. And that made the piece of poop fly up in the air and I caught it in a bag. Oh my god. And I kid you not, all the kids that saw this started clapping when I did it. You're like the legend they talk about to the <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That would have gone viral if it would have happened today. Oh, yeah, right? caught it on tape. <laughs> all the kids started clapping. It was the cutest thing ever, man. In in a horrible situation. And then You took you took a risk there. I know, dude, because it could have popped up in my face. <laughs> Or landed on another chair. Landed on a child's head. <laughs> You'd have been like that guy in Restless just making your job harder and harder. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, some fucking oh. helicopter mom's beating your ass. Uh, in the new Jackass movie, uh, it's not Aaron Danger. I can't remember which guy it was, but he, they, they dumped like, like, uh, like five gallons of pig cum on him. <laughs> and, and oh, I heard about that. And and Jeff Tremaine, the director, slowed down the footage, and you could see a splash of it go in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> oh. Wow. that was that was the craziest part. What's <laughs> oh. which which jackass is it where uh, Steve-O is in the he's in the porta potty and they launch it? Oh, at every movie that they make. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I was like, oh, that was awful because you could see the shit hitting his yeah. face and stuff like that. They did that like, like that that uh, that bungee thing. Yeah, and they that were yeah, and they fucking oh god, oh my god, yeah. There's those guys, those guys, those guys. That movie made a fuck ton of money too. Yeah, I'm glad. And it beat out what was that movie that it beat out? That uh, Moonfall. It beat out Moonfall. Nice. Yeah, Moonfall didn't make shit. Anyways, that's all we got. Tristan, thank you so much, man. Yeah, man, I had a great time. Yeah. Always. I listened to your uh, StarkCast episode. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was on StarkCast, and I'll also be uh, on Kevin Shank's podcast as well. What, which one? He's got to, uh, nobody asked you Kevin or Dose makes the, oh, man, he needs to figure out a new name for that. Kevin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ToxCast. Yeah, the ToxCast. Yeah. Okay. And, and Chris, thank you so yeah. much for your, your second appearance on PCL. Thank uh, you other, so much for having me back. Other than me shushing you this entire episode, did you have a good time? <laughs> did you have? No, a- this is awesome. <laughs> I feel like I wasn't as nervous this time. You know, I I actually I never said that. I had bronchitis the time that we did it the first time. I didn't know I had bronchitis at that time, but I did, and it was like, oh man, I probably. Fuck this up. I put out a Twitter poll and it was, uh, do you believe on the last episode Chris had bronchitis? Yes or no? And, uh, I voted no. He, he sucked up so bad. 71% yeah. of the vote people said yes. 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 No, I'm kidding. No, you did great on the first episode and you did great on this one. So it's, uh, awesome having you back. We'll have you back again. And, um, yeah, everybody check out Volk, man. Yeah, and I, I, I forgot to say, like, if any of the Leftover Army wants to come to any of those shows, um, just message me and I'll get you on the guest list or I'll try to get you on the guest list. It'll be fun. It's with a really fun band called Electric Six. They're known for a song called Gay Bar from the early 2000s. It's a fun time and I'll get you guys in the show. 
Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, man. And uh, excited for all these shows. Hopefully, uh, I'll be able to make it out there um, at uh, the Gin Mill in Springfield. Yeah, let's yeah. go see a movie during the day. Yeah, I'd like to make it out for that show as well, so we'll have to see what's yeah. going on. Yeah, go see a movie during the day or something like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's like, something uh, Elliot and I love to do. So yeah, yeah, I like to get out. Springfield's got a they've got a, their AMC. Actually, both AMCs out there are really nice. They got one that has just recliners. Every theater that you go into it has just recliners, and it's really nice. I like that one. Except it does have my arch nemesis. <laughs> is it the is it the, the guy? Oh, I yeah. laughed so much at that episode. Oh my oh, god, he's he he he's the, he's at the he's at the AMC eight in Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh it's terrible. Anyways, um, yeah, that's can, it. I do, can I do a quick plug real quick? Jake with a butt plug. What's going on, dude? Uh, I just wanted to throw out there. I did a uh, guest appearance on Semi Dry Chicken's wrestling podcast. It's uh, called Podcast Championship Wrestling. I uh, had a really good time talking with those guys. Uh, I thought it was just going to be a ninety-minute thing, and I, I'm pretty sure we went for like five plus hours talking about the uh, last wrestling event and a past event from 2004. So, any wrestling fans out there that listen to PCL, if you want to hear some wrestling talk for me and uh, Semi Dry Chicken, check that out. It's a uh, podcast championship wrestling the first hour of that podcast he talks about how difficult it was trying to find a new name for a podcast wrestling podcast a wrestling pod like can you imagine trying to figure out a name for a, a wrestling podcast now jake there i when you how many iterations of like wrestling championship how many i mean they've got to yeah, all be yeah. taken it was crazy. I was actually part of that brainstorm trying to figure out the name of this podcast. And, uh, yeah, it was, we, every time you think you've come up with something, mm-hmm. Google it and someone else has someone it. else and, has, um, it. yeah, yeah. We finally settled with, uh, with the name we, we, we got and we just like the abbreviation, the PCL or that PCL, the PCW. It's so close. I slipped up there. Um, but it just seems like something that people would chant, like at a wrestling venue, you know, PCW, PCW. So we just went with that one. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jake, question for you. Tell me. What episode number are we on? What is oh my this? God. What'd you do? Oh what, what is God. it? What episode are you on right now? It's like, know. it's like, it's, if somebody asked you, like, you know, like, like, where are you right now? Uh, it's in the, in between 410 and 420. <laughs> Not incorrect. I, right? All right, all right. I narrowed it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast where my co-host doesn't know what episode we're on. This is. I know it's past four eleven. I don't think it's four fifteen. I'm gonna guess four fourteen. We're on four. Yes, we're on four fourteen. Yes, you're. Yeah, you got it. You nailed it, man. That, that was luck. I had a thirty-three percent chance there. <laughs> God. I'll have to make it. Is it really that important that I know what number episode we're recording? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Does that hurt your feelings? I don't know what number episode. No, I just thought it might be an interesting way for me to end the show to show that you don't know what fucking episode of the show that you fucking host with me. You don't know what episode we're on. <laughs> 
I mean, I canonically don't count the first episode since I wasn't on it, so I it kind of throws me off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's funny though. It's like this isn't quite 420, but it's definitely not 410. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'd remember if it was 420, and I remember all the 411 jokes. So I was like, we're in between there somewhere. Yeah, I just wanted I, I just wanted to watch you kind of struggle there for a moment. Oh, I struggled. Yeah. I thought about pulling my phone out and going onto Spotify, but I did not. <laughs> the only reason I know is because I keep notes on this fucking show, and I, ha- I see the number all week, you know, so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I got to make a special trip up to Illinois for the 420 episode. Be prepared. You ain't smoking bud in my house. What the fuck? I'm not, I'm not, no, I you can't get it legally in Tennessee, but if you drive three hours to Metropolis. Oh, okay. There's a bunch of dispensaries. <laughs> yeah, they know what they're doing. They're right yeah, there we, on the border. The second yeah. you cross the line, it's like, yeah, it's like illegal fireworks are the same way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever we tour up in the Midwest, like we, and we're in Illinois or up in, in, in Michigan, like, you know, we stock up. All right, we are done with episode four fourteen. That's it. That's it, Jake. We're gonna put a lid on it. That's the new. That's the new thing. I love it. All right, guys. We'll be back next week with the Batman. Until next week, we're putting a lid on this one. See you next week. Later, y'all. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Leftover. And with the uncool kids, what's to say is already